It will now be an opportunity for silent prayer or meditation. Hold on. Let me bow to you. <laughs> Thank you. You may be seated. <laughs> uh, honorable members, settle down. Settle down. Honorable Papo, Honorable Jane, please take your seats and settle down. Uh, let's continue to stay in our designated places and keep our masks on there in the house. Uh, the first item on the order paper is a motion in the name of the Chief Whip of the Majority Party. I now recognize the Honorable the Chief Whip. Thank you very much. Uh... Deputy, Honorable Deputy Speaker. Honorable Deputy Speaker, I move that the House revives the report of the Portfolio Committee of Trade, Industry and Competition on the request by the Minister of Trade, Industry and Competition to make recommendations on suitability of candidates for position of the chairperson of the National Lotteries Board as tabled on the ATC on that set date 17 March 2021, uh, so that uh, and this matter be referred to the committee for further consideration. I so move, uh, Honorable Deputy Speaker. Uh, I now put the motion. Are there any objections? Please note the objection of the Democratic Alliance, Deputy Speaker. Okay. All right. Thank you. We'll do that. No objections. Oh, objections noted. Uh, uh, the motion is agreed to. Uh, the next item on the order paper is member statements. Does any member of the ANC wish to make a statement? Uh, your voice is very loud. Yeah, yeah. If there's a need to do so, please. Please lower your voices generally. Uh, ANC? Deputy Speaker. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. The ANC learns with shock the death of 15 alleged illegal miner, miners whose bodies were discovered at a mining hole in Eguruleni recently. It is reported that eight bodies were first retrieved in Primrose on Thursday and seven were brought to the surface on Saturday, bringing to the total of 215. Illegal mining has flourished in South Africa in recent years as desperate groups of men put their health and lives at risk in search of precious metals. Men spend days and sometimes months underground digging for gold. Most groupings are heavenly and to protect themselves in case deadly clashes ensue, also known as Zamazamas, illegal miners are either killed by suffocation underground or die in gunfights during battles 
control of mine shafts. The ANC believes that people who are involved in illegal mining disrespected the rule of law, despite a task team established in 2019 by the police minister to tackle illegal mining and its associated crimes. The rate of illegal mining is still shocking. We condemn this kind of, Ill of illegal mining with the strongest contempt it deserves. We also appeal to all our law enforcement agencies to double their efforts in investigating the main ringleaders and masterminds who continues to trade in illegal gold. I thank, thank you, Speaker. Thank you, DA. Deputy Speaker, despite the fact that a number of municipalities in the Northwest are still collapsing, the Minister of Corporate Governance and Traditional Affairs, Minister Kosasana Dlamini Zuma, has announced that a Section 100 intervention in the province will be lifted soon. It is a shameful indictment that the Northwest Provincial Government which has been under national government administration for a number of years, can't even do the basics, like paying their accounts on time. If ever anyone needed evidence that the ANC at any sphere of government is incompetent, Deputy Speaker, this is it. The DAS for years maintained that the ANC cannot fix what the ANC has broken. The disconnection of electricity supplies to government departments in the Northwest province because of non-payment has effectively brought ski service delivery programs to a complete halt. This is creating the scandal, Deputy Speaker, that the Premier's Kantoor in the Northwest, as well as the Department of Samenwerkende Regering, menselijke nedersettings en rationele zaken, zelfs finansies and openbare werkse kracht afgesnee was as gevolg van wanbetaling. Deputy Speaker, this is not all. Several Northwest municipalities, and I guess the Minister is fully aware of this, are failing to service their ESCOM debt in excess of billions. A clear indication that indeed no government is left in the Northwest province. The Minister must take responsibility of what is happening in the Northwest province and clearly, it seems that she doesn't. It is time for a well-run, financially stable and functioning municipalities in the Northwest province where only a DA government can rescue the citizens from a deeply divided ANC in the wild Northwest. I thank you. EFF. Thank you very much, Speaker. In less than two weeks, the early childhood development sector will officially cease to be part of the Department of Social Development and will fall under the Department of Basic Education. By the end of March 2022, at the end of the financial year, the Department of Social Development will lose 250 million because of underspenditure. This is extremely shocking in a country with such high level of desperation and poverty, where many live without enough food. Let's talk about the 250 million that will otherwise be returned to National Treasury and used not to pay the ECD relief fund. As the EFF, we have been to many of these ECD centers, and it is shocking to see 
how many of them are struggling. Many of the workers in the sector have not had an income in the past two years and are struggling to put food on the table. It is unacceptable that half of the applicants for the relief fund did not get acknowledgement or feedback on their applications. We know we are dealing with an uncaring government, but this is a form of hate towards our people. What is worse, in that ECD sector is dominant by women, the majority who live in struggling communities. But perhaps most tragically, it is children, children of poor black working class families who are left without any form of facility. Those who preside over the Department of Social Development, including the minister, must be ashamed of themselves. Thank you. ANC. Deputy Speaker. Thank you, Deputy Speaker. The ANC wishes to congratulate His Majesty King Zulu on his official recognition by President Ramaphosa as the King of Amazulu on Wednesday, 16 March 2022. The legal recognition by President Ramaphosa in terms of the, of the law, Section 8.3a and b of the Traditional and Khoisan Leadership Act 2019. As required by the Act, the recognition of the King-elect by the president followed the consultation with the Minister of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Leaders and Traditional Affairs and the Premier of Bazulu Natal. His Majesty assumed the kingship of Amazon following the untimely passing on of His Majesty, Majesty King Goodwill Zeltin in March 2021, and subsequently his mother, the Regent Queen Mandu Bidlamin, in April 2021. He is the second oldest surviving son of King Goodwill Zeltin Gapeguzulu and the first for his great wife, the late Queen Mantobi Lamin. As the ANC, we convey our sincere best wishes to His Majesty King Mrs. Zulu on the occasion of his legal recognition as a King of Amazon. Bayete. Uh, IFT. <laughs> Thank you, Honorable, uh, Honorable Deputy Speaker. Members, the rising fuel price in South Africa need to be looked at in the holistic way. The increase in fuel prices will affect all South Africans across the board, and we urge government to really look for the period under which this is globally instability regarding pricing and finding a model that's softening the blow for all consumers. Why would many populist ideas only focus on the poor? The truth is the excluding other consumers from protecting against rising fuel price, which indeed end up impacting the poor. The poor. And the South African trans transportation industry is not yet ready as yet to accommodate the mass movement of population through other means of sustainable transform like electric trains or aircraft and, and sea craft. We must admit that we need to really unforeseen fuels, adopting a more universal strategy in addressing the fuel cost concern means that South Africans can then consume petrol, petrol for lecture as well as for businesses. 
We must protect against further job losses in the country due to slower economic fuel fuel. Unfortunately, we have a direct impact on consumer on consumer spending and, uh, and debt, which are both un undesirable for industry, especially in transport industry. South Africans spend a, a consumable amount of their income on transporting costs due to the high cost of fuel. This is a, a result impact, the way we are able to spend money on necessities like food, water, electricity, and essentially clothing. And the impact of industry will be enormously we must take heed of these warnings now and seize the opportunity to act proactively to mitigate the effort, the effect of further economic decline. Finally, we speak, we speak finally speaker, government must be able to honor the commitment it has made to the road accident fund as the claims of many beneficiaries have not been circulated. We know that part of the fuel leave the service these obligations. However, we must find a way to prioritize our budget. The vulnerable must be assisted by government wise. At the same time, government must create an environment for economic growth. I thank you. ACDP. Sorry, Chairperson. <clears throat> Deputy Speaker, the Freedom Front Plus. Oh, uh, no, man. It's ACDP and then you. It's normally Freedom Front Plus before the ACDP, but I'm, I'm in your hands. I'm in your hands, Speaker. No, 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 no. Uh, proceed. Honorable Speaker, yesterday the ACDP, together with Save the Children, marched to the union buildings to hand over a memorandum to the Department of Health demanding that vaccines are not forced on children and that mandates are not thrust on the people of South Africa. I wish, wish to make it categorically clear that the ACDP is not anti-vaccine. In protecting the hard-fought for freedoms of the people of South Africa, the ACDP is on record, having said that it will oppose vaccine mandates. We believe in the constitutionally enshrined rights of all South Africans as contained in chapter two of the Bill of Rights of our constitution express that everybody has the right to bodily and psychological integrity. Everyone has the right to the freedom of conscience, the freedom of religion, thought, belief, and opinion, and that everyone has the right to freedom of expression. Clearly, these constitutional imperatives as contained in our constitution are irrevocable and cannot be applied arbitrarily. We must be consistent in the application of the imperatives, whether to the rich or the poor, the employed or the unemployed, black or white, vaccinated or unvaccinated. For we are just for, for not, these are our constitutional, not just our constitutional rights, but also our inalienable rights. It is unconscionable that for a vaccine that is still on trial, placebos still being given, and for where it has been scientifically proven that the vaccine does not prevent infection or transmission of COVID, that this government wishes to enforce mandates on our children, our students, and the workers, and our general population. Thank you. Uh, FF Plus, it's your turn now. Thank you very much, Deputy Speaker. After almost 30 years of rule by the ANC, 
and his partners, South Africa's politics has gradually moved from the prevalence of one-party dominance to a multi-party system. The failure of the ANC government, corruption, state capture, and poor governance gave rise to parties such as the Freedom Front Plus, the DA, IFP, ACDP, COPE, Action SA, Patriotic Alliance, and the EFF and others, who collectively reduced ANC support in the 2021 local government election to well below 50%. And as a result, coalition governance is likely to become a permanent future of South African politics. This collective is a new primary channel for building accountable and responsive governments towards the 2024 general election by providing a link between ordinary citizens and their political representatives. The collective represents a broader political constituency and integrate the society into the democratic process and is also in the process of forming the basis of political coalitions and government. Active South African Gemeenschappen over a broad spectrum will gaande weg more leadership in eie sake verkry in tegenstelling met the centralisering of the macht van the afgelopen 28 jaar, kenmerkend onder ANC bewind was. Die 5 plus sal om hiervoor bly beuwer. Dankie, adjunct speaker. ANC Thank you, Deputy, Thank you Speaker. Deputy Speaker. The ANC lands with shock the recent clash between foreigners over farm jobs in Robertson's, and it condemns the violent Robertson clashes between desperate farm workers from Lesotho and Zimbabwe over alleged competition for farm space. Tensions between the two nationals left hundreds of Zimbabwean homeless and forced to take refuge at a local police station. The violence erupted last week due to alleged discriminatory employment practices on farms which saw Zimbabweans favored for jobs over seasonal workers from Lesotho. Confrontations in the area left one person hospitalized and 17 people sustained minor injuries, two of which were children. Many homes were torched. Deputy Speaker, the ANC condemns the labor brokers who keep on employing foreign nationals over locals for cheap labor. We call upon the government to urgently intervene to stop the clashes in the Western Cape and to counter the spread. We also call upon the Department of Employment and Labor to investigate if farm owners in Robertson's adhere to labor legislation and if proper procedures were followed when facilitating recruitment at their workplaces. Thank you, Deputy Speaker. Uh, thank you, ATM. Um, they are not here again. ANC. Not here. Um, uh, thank you, uh, Deputy Speaker. The ANC appreciates the further extension of the contracts of education assistance until the end of August 2022. To ensure continuity, maintenance of stability, and sustained impact in schools, the Department of Basic Education announced that the youth appointed in schools as of 28 February 2022 will be offered a new fixed-term contract commencing on the 1st of uh, April 2022 up until the 30th of August 2022. The current initiative has been providing work 
for about 280,000 people who were appointed as assistants, uh, assistant on five-month uh, contract across South African schools. This program gives an opportunity for the youth to obtain experience while helping with the current unemployment rate in South Africa. We understand that some of the youth who were initially part of the program in phase one and two have since found employment elsewhere or registered for further studies. The initiative is doing well in assisting the sector by providing capacity to schools to manage the impact of COVID-19 on schooling and supported teachers and learners in, in classroom. Thank you, Deputy Speaker. Thank you. Uh, DA. Thank you, Deputy Speaker. The Bikebridge border fence has been an unmitigated disaster, and two years after the purported construction of what is now known as the washing line, not a single person has been held accountable. The project was initiated by a director from Minister DeLille, which gave express and explicit instructions to the Director General at the time, who has subsequently been suspended, to appoint the contractor who had already been identified without any adherence to procurement protocols. The initial report of the SIU into the fence fiasco identified Ms. Melissa Whitehead, Special Advisor to the Minister, as the author of the directive that set the process in motion. Given that she falls under the Minister's office, we were advised that her disciplinary processes would be handled by the State Attorney. Two years after the fence was erected, Ms Whitehead is still earning her salary, advising the Minister, and is yet to face any consequences. The Minister has ostensibly met with various role players in this matter, but a finalised charge sheet is only going to be presented to Ms Whitehead next week. Ms Whitehead seemingly drafted a ministerial directive, under the name of the Minister, which flouted procurement prescripts, placed the Director-General and two other officials in a severely compromised position and set in motion a 40 million rand joke. And she wasn't even suspended. Minister DeLille talks regularly about consequence management in her department. It appears that this doesn't apply to her hand-picked advisors. Thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you, Deputy Speaker. Deputy Speaker, there's an old adage, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. Our people can fish, but the ANC's Minister of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment would rather have them starve to death. The Department of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment has yet again, unsurprisingly, failed to effect transformation in the fishing industry. The outcome of the FRAP 2021 process once again exposes a probable scaling relationship the minister and her department has with big business. The Financial Sector Conduct Authority announced over the weekend of the 19th February 2022 that it is investigating Oceana for breaching the Financial Markets Act by issuing false and misleading information. After the FRAP results were released, the company announced publicly the lifeline courtesy of Minister Creasy's department. The group secured rights in five key species for a period of 15 years. The relationship between the ANC and monopolies stand in the way of transformation in the fishing sector. The latest FRAP results show a decrease in allocations to small companies and new entrants. South Africa had a total of 930 commercial right holders 
prior to FRAP 2021. This has been reduced to 706 across the nine species. There will be a substantial increase in unemployment as a consequence of the reduction in rights holders in crew intensive species such as traditional line fishing. FRAP must be guided by the principle that marine resources are public resources and the exploitation of these resources should benefit the public as a whole. This ANC, this minister and this fisheries management do not care about the public. They care about the likes of those criminals at Oceana. The EFF is in the process of actively mobilizing the small scale indigenous fishers to collectively challenge this travesty of justice by all means necessary. The minister and her department must expect thousands of fishers ready to challenge her in court, to camp at her offices, at this parliament and even at her home if we have to. Thank you very much. ANC. Thank you, Deputy Speaker. Alleged Gauteng Drug Manufacturing Laboratory dismantled. Three suspects arrested. The ANC supports effort aimed at stamping out drugs manufacturing and distribution in communities and in our country. Our country is facing serious and devastating problem of drug abuse, especially among young people. We therefore commend the successful joint operation of search and seizure conducted by Office of the Hawk Serious Organized Crime Investigation Unit in Jamestown, Counter Narcotics Crime Intelligence Head Office and the West Rent K-9 Unit on Tuesday, the 8th of March, 2022. The success of this joint operation is also as a result of active citizen participation, reporting suspicious acts of crime in their neighborhood. The investigation team conducted surveillance of premises where suspicious of drugs activities were reported at Edenworld in uh, Vanderbilt Park. A search and seizure operation was executed where the suspects were arrested for allegedly manufacturing mandrax. This arrest indicates that the ANC-led government crime uh, fight crimes as well as it focus on the strategy in order to make sure that crime is combated. We call upon all South African communities to continue to work
Thank you. Recording Thank in you. progress. Thank you. Merci. Thank you, Deputy Speaker. 1,300 uh, uh, title deeds handed to beneficiaries of fully subsidized houses. beneficiaries and it allows homeowners to make decisions that will improve their living circumstances. It also offers a sense of pride and belonging of belonging to beneficiaries in their communities. The ANC welcomes the issuing of over 1,300 title deeds to beneficiaries of fully subsidized houses informally known as RDPs. The Department of Human Settlements in Itusen, Itzobotla local municipality in the Northwest recently has issued 1,300 uh, title deeds. The ANC is calling for the people who are beneficiaries of subsidized houses to refrain from selling them and value what they, they've been given. During the apartheid uh, era, the black majority did not have security of tenure to their properties or houses. For decades, they did not have any hope that one day they will own their own homes. The ANC-led government will continue to work hard to ensure that all, ANC, uh, all South Africans live in decent conditions in sustainable human settlement. I thank you, Deputy Speaker. Thank you. Uh, DA? Deputy Speaker, in his 2022 State of the Nation address, the President pronouncing the government upscaling the Welisizo Rural Bridges Program of which the South African National Defense Force is the implementing agent to deliver 95 bridges a year from the current 14. It is imperative that the government makes an announcement on which bridges are included for the attention of the Willis Caesar program in 2022. The dangerous bridges and deadly so-called Tebetebe suspension bridge in Ward 6 in Zimbabwe local municipality needs to be at the top of the list. This crumbling bridge is one of the only means for 2,000 residents from seven villages to cross the dangerous Mzimvubu River to essential services. Residents have to cross this bridge that was built 21 years ago as a temporary measure to get to school clinics and to buy groceries. Over the past 30 years, over the past years, at least 30 villages have drowned in the river after being swept from the banks of the unsafe Debetebe Bridge or another low laying bridge in the area. When the river is in full flow, even the suspension bridge is too dangerous to cross, cutting villages of the outside world. The DA has on numerous occasions brought the issue to, of, of this dangerous bridge under the attention of the local municipality, but received no attention. We also want to thank our DA councillor No Zimanjongo for exposing this deadly bridge in a social media uh, video that was viewed over 120,000 times that attracted the president's attention. Since the 21st of January 2022, the Office of the President, the Department of Public Works, the Deputy Minister of Agriculture, the Alfred Nzord District Municipality and the Executive Mayor, including the SANDF, have conducted oversight inspections there. And promises of urgent interventions have been made, but since the 5th of February, the community has received no feedback. The people living in these villages are in fear every time they have to cross the Debe Debe Bridge, while government drags its feet and endangers lives by, in by its inaction. 
The government must immediately take the people into confidence and give clarity on the list of bridges to be attended in 2022. The people living in Ward 6 in Mzimbabwe deserve hope and have the right to live in have the right to live their lives in a safe environment, especially when we celebrate Human Rights Day. I thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you, Deputy Speaker. Thank you, Deputy Speaker. South Africa and France signed a 25 million biodiversity agreement. We welcome the recent Sun Parks and AFD grant agreement worth about 25 million between the Table Mountain National Parks and the Reunion Island National Park in France towards preservation of biodiversity and improving park management at both parks. At the signing ceremony on Tuesday, the 15th March 2022, hosted at the Table, table Mountain Aerial Cableway, representatives from Sun Parks and FD announced that the funds from the agreement will be used to support the park actions that facilitate the sharing of knowledge and experience between South Africa and Reunion Islands. Both parks have UNESCO World Heritage status and conserved highly diverse and conserve highly conserved highly diverse ecosystem and cultural heritage sites of the global value. Some of the main project activities include developing strategic plans and sharing tools for invasive spa invasive species management, vulnerable species management, fire management, and climate change preparedness, training pilot field interventions, aware awareness raising activities, and joint studies and research. We wish them success in exchanging and learning from each other to better enable this valuable coexistence. I thank you, Deputy Speaker. Thank you, Honorable Members. That concludes member statements. Are there any ministerial responses? This question must be changed. There has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any ministerial responses? I don't see you, so Drew, okay. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, yes, Chair. Okay, go ahead, Honorable Member. And Chair, we'll Chair. Yes, we'll come to you, sir. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much, Deputy Speaker, and uh, <laughs> thanks to Honorable Khadebe uh, on the statement he made, uh, the, the, the recognition of uh, by the President Ramaphosa of the King Elect of Amazulu Prince uh, Misuzu Kapeguzu. Uh, um, it should actually be respected by all. Uh, it should bring about unity umazulu ongana aziwa yungako ubunye sitige zulu gamalandela ubunye pambiki siyabo thank you let me ask I have a second oh okay okay go ahead sorry well to the honorable member of EFF I mean FF plus um, well, the, the, I think we must, we must deal with this propaganda. Uh, actually, the 1st of November elections, mainly members and supporters of the NC didn't go out and vote in their numbers. 
So So for now, you just hold on the, on your coalition. We have, we have counted your coalition eggs before they are hatched. Hold on to that. Uh, and you'll be surprised. This is the movement of the people. It will correct where it has to and move forward and win elections. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Honorable uh, uh, Barbara Chrissy, followed by Honorable Kosazana, Lamini Zuma, Honorable Le, in that order. And then Honorable. Uh, Kubai and then Zul. Please uh, follow each other in that way. Thank you very much, Honorable Deputy Speaker. Let me first of all thank Honorable Paulson for raising concerns of traditional lionfishers with regard to the FRAP process. I think the important thing to say here is that this process is not yet concluded. And the best thing to do at this stage would be to help those who did not receive rights to appeal. The appeals process starts at the end of this month. The second piece of advice I would want to give you, Honorable Paulson, is that if you have prima facie evidence of mismanagement or criminal activity, there is an independent hotline for the FRAP process. The number is 0800 With regard to small scale fishes, these fishes do not receive rights under the commercial process. However, a portion of the lionfish quota has been held aside for them. And I think that that would be the most appropriate process through which to ensure that we improve the basket of species rather than mobilizing people on the basis of false promises that you will not be able to achieve. Um, Honorable Khadebe, thank you very much for highlighting the important biodiversity agreement that was signed on the 15th of March between Table Mountain National Park and Reunion Island. We are very excited about this cooperation agreement, which is bringing into place uh, an agreement that was signed in principle in February 2019. And we believe that this important agreement is going to significantly improve management in both parks and put our important Table Mountain National Park even further on the tourist map. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Honorable Kosazana, Flamini. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair, Deputy Chair, sorry, Deputy Speaker, and all the Honorable Members. Um, I was going to comment on the, on the recognition by the President of uh, his Majesty King, uh, Mr. Zulu. We are all very happy and we hope that this will bring stability now in the royal family and amongst uh, uh, the Zulu people. And we look forward to moving to the next stage of the process, uh, which would be the coronation. Thank you very much. On the issue of the coalitions, I think uh, Minister Mteto has responded. I won't repeat things.
Uh, can you the minister? Okay. Let's go to Honorable Kubai. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, see. Thank you very much, Honorable uh, Deputy Speaker. I was just trying to find the relationship between Ted and Kubai, but it's okay. Chair, uh, <laughs> I want to respond. I want to respond to the member raised the issue of breaking down of the laboratory, uh, these illegal laboratories. Uh, we want to salute the operations of the police uh, that happened on the day of uh, the 8th March and there out in Country Park. Uh, those people that were arrested, which is Lawrence Mokwena, 27, Yelling's Sabuenda, 23, uh, and Zandiwe Banda, 29, uh, have been remanded uh, to appear in court in uh, early next week, late uh, this week. Uh, one is mentioning their names because they've already appeared in court. Uh, the amount, the street value of the laboratory of the produce bandracks there was five million. Uh, it's not the first one. There are quite several of these uh, laboratories that are broken down by our law enforcement agencies, of which we thank because they can be disruptive to our children. So we thank the members for recognizing our members and we promise that we'll commit ourselves uh, going forward. Second one, the Zamazamas, we are continuing. We do have uh, the, the special uh, units that are dealing with Zamazamas, especially around Free State and places like uh, Orkney and uh, places like Velcom. Uh, it's, a, it's a dangerous uh, job for the police to do, but it's also the, the, the dangerous for the communities around there, uh, as the South African police was just strengthening that unit, and we hope uh, at long run or in the medium term we'll be able to win that war. Thank you very much, uh, Deputy Speaker. Thank you. Honorable Kubai. Tome. Uh, Okay. Uh, Honorable Zulu. What's happening? Connections. I think it's the connection, um, Deputy Speaker. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I wish to firstly respond to Honorable Aries of the EFF uh, with regard to the ECDs. Um, I want to let South Africans and the ECDs themselves know that the department has verified all the ECDs and ECDs that have not yet paid, uh, that not been paid, either corrected their information late despite several calls and support offered by the department to assist them. I do want to make the statement, um, Deputy Chair, that this is a two-way process. 
ECDs also need to account and account properly because whatever money is being paid to them, we need to make sure that they have the right accounts. We need to make sure that they are properly registered because we are also accountable. So an issue of us being ashamed of ourselves, we will not be ashamed for doing the work that we, we, we do. We will not also be ashamed of telling those ECDs that do not comply that they have to do everything to comply to get them to get uh, paid. Lastly, uh, Deputy Speaker, I'd like to thank uh, Ministers Lamini uh, Zuma and Minister Mtetwa and the ANC for co congratulating uh, our King Prince Misuzulu, and we're looking forward to him being. Um, uh, properly in office so that the Zulu nation can be able to unite and make sure that we take our process forward. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Deputy Speaker. Thank you, Honorable Mutualedi. Deputy Speaker, my apologies. I had connection problem. I'm back okay. online. It's okay. Minister Kubai. Go, go ahead. Thank you very much, um, Deputy Speaker. Let me thank Honorable Members for the statements. The first one I would want to speak to is relating to the title deeds. Um, as we agree that uh, title deeds give dignity to our people, but it restores their ownership. That has been uh, one of the things that has been a difficulty in terms of especially previously disadvantaged communities. During the Imbiso led by the president in Northwest, um, the Human Settlement Department indeed handed over 1,000 title deeds across and we are looking forward to continue with this program both in terms of pre-1994 settlements and post-1994 settlements as part of ownership and i noted honorable Malua speaking about the dysfunctioning of government in northwest as we were there during the imbizo i want to highlight that part of the commitment from the entire team led by the president was to ensure that we restore the functioning of government in northwest We've looked at the intervention in terms of Section 100 and what has been the outcome. Good progress has been noted. A number of departments now getting clean audits, having stability in terms of administration, and also starting to focus now in the establishment of the municipalities as well. So the entire government is back on track now in terms of Northwest, and we are looking forward to seeing the improvement of service delivery following the visit by the president, which give much needed hope to the people of Northwest and the feedback we got from the ground, from citizens, was that we are now seeing government closer to us. We are seeing now the district development model working for us as the people of the country. Thank you very much, Deputy Speaker. Thank you. Uh, Deputy Speaker. Yes, yes th thank you very much. Deputy Speaker, there's a question here from the ANC about the clashes in Robertson's, and uh, it's calling for the Department of Employment and Labor to, to do something. I wish to state that uh, these processes uh, are, are intermarried, uh, the processes in the Department of Labor and Home Affairs. So I find it prudent for me to respond uh, in the absence of the Minister of Labor, or even if he's here, maybe let me respond for, for my part. These processes start in the Department of Labor and ends in the Department of Home Affairs. And maybe I might have to outline, if any company or any employer wishes to hire 
a foreign national, they must go to the Department of Labor, give a proof that they've looked around in the country, they cannot find a suitable or appropriate South African for that type of job. The Department of Labor will then issue them a certificate. With this certificate, they come to home affairs to apply for a corporate visa that they want to bring people from outside the country to perform a particular job. The corporate visa which Home Affairs is going to issue will have the number of people to be hired and together with their names. And the employer will then, uh, because those people will have to cross the border on the strength of the corporate visa so that they don't become illegal. Now, we have heard that in this case, it's the labor brokers uh, that hire the people. I've got here in front of me a statement by the Robertson Labor, uh, Labor Brokers uh, Forum uh, issued today, where they are complaining that is the mayor of Langerberg who issued that statement, and they claim the mayor is trying to protect the real culprits. They say the real culprits are the farmers themselves, because they say the farmers specifically instructed the labor brokers that they prefer Zimbabweans over any over South Africans and Basutu or any other national. Demanded from the labor brokers that go and look for Zimbabweans. So this matter is still far from being over. We are going to investigate, but from home affairs, we don't remember issuing any corporate visa and the Department of Labor will have to give, give us that in writing whether anybody came to apply for that. We'll have to scrutinize the statement from the Labor Brokers Association as it relates to what the mayor has said and whether indeed it's the farmers who give that preference because a lot of laws have been broken here. And I believe many people are going to be charged by both Home Affairs and the Department of Labor. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, another full compliment of responses. Honorable Regina Mahaule, we notice that you are ready. Unfortunately, we have reached the limit of seven ministerial responses and they were all present. Thank you very much. As the two deputy speakers that now. concludes the ministerial responses. Uh, Honourable member, you can't just open your mic and speak as if you are in a shebeen or something. You are not. Please. No, you are not. Please. Uh, be careful. No, no, no. Honorable that concludes ministerial responses. As I said, the secretary will read the first order. Uh, on the point of order. <clears throat> What's the point of order? De Deputy Speaker, thank yes. you. I know you haven't seen me for a while, but I'm, I'm back having uh, proved that science reigns supreme and those who have the vaccine normally are just perfectly fine and I'm a living example of that. Hi, Chairperson. Um, uh, I wonder if uh, I could... No, I, no, no, no. 
Thank you. Uh, welcome back, but Thank correct you what much. you said. Thank you very much. I'm sorry, I still have a little bit of COVID brain. I noticed you'll, that. You'll forgive me. <laughs> Thank you. You should tell me how good I look, not that I have COVID brain. <laughs> um, house Chair, <clears throat> with a COVID brain, uh, one of the things that you happened You insist earlier, to call me House Chair. Why does your tongue refuse? Deputy Speaker. Thank you. Uh, with the COVID brain uh, comes a lapse in uh, um, sometimes remembering the order of things. And uh, there's also been a lapse in the, uh, uh, the time that emails have come up and down between myself and uh, the officers. And Speaker, the DA had um, a Section 121 amendment to the first motion that was read out by the uh, Chief Whip of the, of the ANC. And while we had absolutely no problem with the with the with the, the question being asked, we did have an amendment to that motion, and um, the table is now at a loss uh, because it's never happened before. We're at a loss. We can't find any rule uh, that says what happens if we come back to it later. So, um, Deputy Speaker, I wonder if you could apply your mind, sir, and if you would let us uh, make an amendment to the motion that was read out um, in accordance to section uh, 121. It was simply an omission uh, on our side, but we did get permission from the table to bring the motion forward as long as I read it. Yeah. But uh, I, 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 did, I failed to read it at the time because things were moving uh, at a very rapid pace. Not that we have an objection to it. We just like to amend it ever so slightly, but it's completely in your hands. Sir. Yes, no, thank you very much, honorable member. Unfortunately, it's an opportunity that has been fluffed. We've gone past it quite significantly. Now we can't go back. Uh, uh, a slight lapse in alertness is what resulted in what happened. And so we apologize. We are gone. And thank you very much for raising it the way you did. Uh, but no, we've gone past that. Thank you very much here. The secretary will read the first order. Consideration of report of Portfolio Committee on Communications on 2020-21 third and fourth quarter performance and expenditure reports of Department of Communications and Digital Technologies. Uh, I now recognize the Honorable B.M. Maneli. Uh, speak to us, Daddy. Honorable Deputy Speaker, Honorable Members, Honorable uh, Ministers and Deputy Ministers, committee support staff, fellow South Africans. This report and other reports the committee is introducing for this consideration of this house comes a day after the National Human Rights Day, a topic this August House will entertain. May this 2022 Human Rights Month be a reminder for us to advance and defend the gains of our democratic order since 1994. Honorable members, the Portfolio Committee on Communications considered the 2020 Sorry, Honorable Maneli. Honorable members, please but, uh, just check your mics uh, that they are off. We are really not interested at this moment in your conversation, wherever you are. Uh, sorry. Uh, please switch off. Go ahead, Honorable Maneli. Thank you, uh, Honorable Deputy Speaker. Uh, as I said, the, 
the Portfolio Committee on Communications, the committee considered the 2020-2021 third quarter and fourth quarter performance, which was for the period 01 October 2020 to 31 December 2020, and 1 January 2021 to 31 March 2021, respectively, of the department and its entities in a virtual meeting on the 17th August 2021. This report gives an overview of the presentation made by the department and its entities to, to the committee, focusing mainly on its achievements, outputs in respect of the performance indicators, targets set for the 2020-2021 financial year and related financial performance. The report also provides the committee's key deliberations and recommendations in relation to the performance presentation by the department and its entities. Notably, the 2020-2021 third and fourth quarter report performance and expenditure obligations continued to be implemented during the declared state of disaster as declared by the President on 15 March 2020. Honorable uh, Deputy Speaker, the Department committed to achieving 44 annual performance plan APP quarterly targets by the end of quarter three of the 2020-2021 financial year. This is the total number of quarter three APP targets for all six programs of the department. Overall, the department has achieved 18, which represents 41% of the APP targets, and 26, which represents 59% uh, were not achieved. At the end of December 2020, the department spent over 205.5 billion rents, of which 64%, of which is 64% of the annual budget against 41% of the targets achieved for quarter three. For the fourth quarter, the department committed to achieving 43 APP quarterly targets. This is the total number of four APP targets for all six programs of the DCTT. <clears throat> Overall, the department has achieved uh, 25, which represents 58% of the APP targets, and 18, uh, which represent 42 percent were not achieved. At the end of March 2021, the department spent 317.5 billion rents, of which is 97% of the annual budget, against 58% of targets achieved for quarter one. Honorable members, it is against this background that the committee, amongst others, made observations and recommendations as followed. We observed with concern that less targets achieved against the 98% budget spending to it is discontentment compliance in general by the department and that most entities cannot account adequately as well as duplication of functions. We also noted with appreciation the commitment from the new minister, Honorable Javin, especially a commitment to come back to the committee on support and around strategy. We also recommended that the minister should ensure, amongst others, that the stability at the department and all its entities is prioritized, and that entities remain accountable and comply to legislation, policies, and regulations. I thank you. Thank you, Sanawa. Can't you just switch off your mic? What incapacity is that? I mean, really? 
Uh, as there, uh, there is no list of speakers, I now recognize the chief Deputy speaker of the majority party from the chamber. Deputy Speaker, the EFF would like to make a declaration, please. Wait, wait, you have to follow the order, man. I'm still in the process. <laughs> yeah, no, we appreciate your eagerness. Just hold on a little bit. We'll give you a chance. Yes. Uh, go ahead, uh, Chief Whip. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Deputy Speaker. I move that uh, this House adopt the report as presented. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it was October. This is nice. I will now recognize political parties wishing to make a declaration. The usual time supply. The DA? Yes. <laughs> Deputy Speaker, thank you very much. Um, from the onset, let me declare that this report predates my membership of this committee. A lot of the work that informs my response is based on the foundation that my previous um, colleagues on the committee did on this report, particularly the late Honorable Cameron McKenzie and Honorable Zach Mbele. Yet the concerns that have been raised by the committee are as fresh and relevant today as they were then. This is one of the departments that is overpopulated with multiple state-owned enterprises, many of which, if we are being honest, we can do away with by streamlining their functions for more focused and maximum results. As things stand, the department is unable to conduct vigilant oversight of the SOEs in this portfolio to ensure that they perform as well as they should at all times. And nothing illustrates this more than the fact that the annual reports of the South African Post Office and the Universal Services and Access Agency of South Africa were not finalized on time and in compliance with the parliamentary accountability timeline. In addition to this, the signing of performance agreements for ICASA councillors did not take place as it should have. And perhaps this is an illustration that is characteristic of this administration in relation to performance agreements. It seems far more much easier to announce that they will be introduced rather than to implement them. The department failed to meet its own deadline to finalize the legislative processes for the establishment of the State Digital Infrastructure Company Bill and the State Digital Services Company Bill, all of which were not submitted to Cabinet. We are worried that these bills are proposing the introduction of two more state companies at a time when we need less state-owned enterprises, more so when the existing state-owned enterprises have duplicate mandates and functions. This government insistence on a hard lockdown is the main source of the underspending that exists in some areas in this department, which is conveniently attributed to the lengthy delays in implementing some of this project, in particular, the said decoder installations. Deputy Speaker, the post office is collapsing. Post office branches are battling temporary closures and evictions across the country, leaving millions of poor South Africans unable to access their social grant because post offices cannot pay rent amongst its many growing bills. A recent reply to a dear parliamentary question shows that the post office owes 485 million rents emanating from 196 unpaid invoices which are older than 120 days. This is a shameless violation of the government's own commitment to pay invoices within 30 days. To aggravate matters, many of these invoices are from hundreds of SMMEs, 
which deploys thousands of South Africans whose families may likely lose their breadwinners due to these payment delays. The post office historical liabilities currently stand at over 6 billion rands. This includes monies it also owes to some government agencies and entities. For example, it owes 2 billion rands to the post bank. It owes 269 million to telecom. It owes, 200 and it, it owes 624 million to the South African receiver of revenue. The post office has been operating at a loss since 2013. It has become a perpetual dependent on bailouts for survival. And once again, it is basing its entire survival on an application for a bailout from the National Treasury. It is unsustainable for any entity that has not been profitable for at least a decade to put all their, basket, all their eggs in one basket with the hope of a bailout. Nonetheless, many of these reflections that are contained in the report are a reflection of the robustness that takes place in the committee. Thanks, Deputy Speaker. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. The honorable member just spoke, and uh, next to him was the enlarged numbers on the clock, so that none of you claims you didn't see that the time is expiring or is about to expire. Uh, but thank you very much. You are generous enough to leave us a minute. I'm just complimenting you. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, EFF. Thank you, uh, Deputy Speaker. Deputy Speaker, the Department of Communications and Digital Technologies is in a serious leadership crisis. And the sooner we accept that, the better. This report, for instance, it highlights that the department was unable to meet 16 of 32 targets that they set for themselves, while spending about 98% of the budget allocated for this very same period. What was the budget spent on if the department failed to meet its own targets and for which the budget was allocated for? There is no proper streamlining of functions across the entities, leading to duplication of functions and unnecessary wastage of our public resources. The targets that they fail to fulfill include the finalization of the legal framework for the establishment of the BRICS Institute for Future Networks, the finalization of the Post Office Amendment Bill, the SAPC Amendment Bill, and many others. While this department has been swimming in this ocean of incompetence, the South African Post Office has been on a free fall with no idea whatsoever what to do with it by the department. The Post Office has served millions of our people for years. It continues to have a far bigger role to play in our economy and society even today. The crisis is the lack of imagination by the leaders of that very entity together with the minister leading this department to reimagine the role of the post office in today's day and age. There are functions that can legally be made by the exclusive preserve of the post office. The post bank could be used in more innovative ways to provide banking services and finance for those excluded by the main banks. In liaison with other departments such as home affairs and social development, the post office could be made to work to ensure services are made more accessible to our people. We therefore reject the report, uh, Deputy Speaker, and the gross incompetence of this department. Thank you very much. Thank you. IFP. Thank you, Honorable Deputy Speaker. With the advent of the Internet of Things and the growing network of internet-enabled devices, which will soon enable smart cities together with our emerging technologies, such as access to internet and internet of things is part of the fourth industrial revolution. 
COVID accelerated this process and we now find ourselves having to adapt and establish the necessary communication infrastructure in order to keep pace with technological advancement. We are further challenged in this regard by the unequal infrastructure development of the past, which now finds many of our citizens, especially in our rural areas, at a disadvantage in terms of access to robust, reliable, and affordable ICT services. The establishment of such infrastructure is critical if we are to advance our socioeconomic development goals and secure our place as partner together with our countries on the continent in building a better Africa and a better world. And in respect of our particularly pleased, pleased that the di digital economy master plan has been finalized and approved, as well as the revision of the ICT SMME strategy. It is crucial that we get all South Africans working and this infrastructure provides a large measure of such platforms. It is estimated that there are approximately 25 billion devices connected to the internet currently, and that this figure will expand and multiply itself at an ever-increasing rate. Cybersecurity will become critical, especially as we move towards a cashless society. And in respect of the protection of personal information, uh, Deputy Speaker, with regards to the department itself, we remain concerned about the lack of stability, both in respect of the de department and its entities. Remedial actions must be decided upon and must be swift and actioned. As we are weak for, uh, foundationally, the task we have set ourselves will fall. Legislation must be amended and updated and key performance indicators and targets established for if we have no targets, we achieve nothing. The IFP supports the report. Thank you. Thank you. FF Plus. I don't think there's a declaration. Sorry. I don't think there's a declaration. Thank you. Okay. SEDP. Do we have anyone from the ACDP? Oh, sorry, sorry, Mr. Thring, I didn't see you coming. Uh, thank you, House Chair. The ACDP notes this report from the Portfolio Committee on Communications on the third and fourth quarter performance and expenditure of GCIS and the MDDA for the 2020-21 financial year at the outset. I wish to challenge the narrative in the report under, organizational under the organizational environment, and I quote, the period under review was characterized by high levels of trust in government information on COVID-19, eager anticipation on the vaccine rollout program, also fear and anxiety, anxiety in the public related and job security and COVID-19. The truth of the matter is that rather than trust and eager anticipation, there is lots of fear and anxiety surrounding the vaccine rollout programs for a number of reasons. And allow me to mention a few. It has been scientifically proven that the vaccine does not prevent infection from COVID. Neither does it prevent transmission. The USA VARS system has shown that in the United States, over 23,000 people have died from COVID-19 vaccine, vaccinations in the last 
24 months, more than all other vaccinations in the last 30 to 40 years. Studies from Israel have shown that the COVID-19 vaccinations wane and lose the efficacy after four to six months, and the majority of new infections are from hospitalizations and deaths, uh, and deaths is from amongst the vaccinated. Now, this is scientific evidence that has been presented that members on my right-hand side don't want to hear. The United Kingdom government released their UKSA vaccine surveillance report for the period of the 24th of January to the 20th of of February 2022. Point of order. Honorable Thring, if you can, there's a bench behind you, you can take your seat. Yes, Honorable Mazzoni. Thank you very much, House Chairperson. House Chairperson, I rise on the point of order of relevance. This is a uh, particular um, issue about communications. It has absolutely nothing to do with the COVID vaccinations. It has nothing to do with any scientific uh, Thank you. We had you. You and made your point. The, the relevance of has to be questioned. Honourable Thring, please. Uh, Chair, obviously I would beg to differ because I'm quoting from the actual report on communications. So there you go. Um, House Chair, the United Kingdom government released their UKSA vaccine surveillance reports for the, for the period 24th of January to the 20th of February 2022, which revealed that 90% of COVID deaths and 75% of hospitalizations are from those who have been vaccinated. Now, over 70 South African doctors from the Transformative Health Justice submitted adverse event reports to our local authorities, but lamented that these were not reported to the public. And as a result, there is essentially no awareness or transparency of this important issue. Now, the ACDP welcomes the clean audit achieved by the agency. We do not support the centralizing of communications to the presidency and note with concern the increasing tendency for, of calls to centralize other government departments. While we welcome the Vukuzen uh, Zela initiative, the ACDP calls for the communications department to be unbiased, truthful, open, and transparent in all of their reporting. I thank you. Thank you. Oh. Order. Oh, UGM. Uh, the screen has changed, honorable members. I'm just seeing it now. It, it's different from the previous week's one. This one shows uh, how much is left, and that is what you requested. So please check your screens. Uh, UDM? ATM? Good. <laughs> NFP. Thank you, Madam House Chair. The National Freedom Party notes and welcomes the report of the committee. We'd also like to congratulate the Minister of Communications and Head Department for the success of the auction of the spectrum. <clears throat> Sorry. Reports have come in claiming that ICASA would have received 14.4 billion, which is 6 billion more than estimated by ICASA. 
These monies are going to the national fiscal. So I would like to echo the call of the minister to the national treasurer to redirect some of the funds towards the programs of the department. Data costs are extremely high in South Africa. Well, everything is expensive in South Africa compared to other countries. Perhaps we could subsidize data costs. Even internet cost. These costs have become a critical part of our daily and monthly expenses with hybrid and remote learning and working. House Chair, we'd also like to call on the government to utilize some of the money raised from the spectrum to invest in digital skills development programs and curriculums for our young people. Let us invest in the future of this country. Digital, digital technologies and the fourth industrial revolutions are here to stay. Let us invest in these skills, knowledge, and research with the objective to create jobs and move along with the rest of the world with technology. I thank you. Thank you. AIC. Thank you, Jose. In, re in reviewing the department's third and fourth quarter performance and expenditure report, the following policy instruments guided us. Chapter four of the NTP, the 2016 National Integrated Information and Communication Technologies Policy White Paper, the department's own performance in the year under review. We also consider the performance of the entities falling under the department. It is therefore important to understand this report, that this report against the spirit of these instruments. While there is a clear policy framework on the policy direction and the, on the implementable targets of the department, such as the requirements in the white paper that there should be an introduction of a flexible evidence-based framework to respond to changes in the technology and ensure new digital, digital divides do not emerge. The implementation of the departmental level has been sluggish. Honorable Chair, for example, it is the department, it, it is the department, if the department can hold boldly only 16 of its 32 planned quarter, quarterly targets, despite, despite its spending 98% of its budget, there is clearly a crisis. This means the lofty vision of the NTP that managing the information, communication and technology environment needs to be better structured to ensure that South Africa does not fall victim to a digital divide would not be met by 2030. What is also concerning is that the slow rolling out of spectrum, which happened only last week, came after years 
of wrestling opposition delays and counter delays. Honorable Chair, the report also talks to the issue of litigation between Telcom and ICASA. It also, it is unfortunate that the Digital Transformation Committee that the 2016 White Paper identified as the key component in divine, in driving and coordinating digital transformation across government has not been established. If this committee is in existence, it is so spent that it clearly cannot provide dispute resolution around digital transformation in the country. Honorable Chair, the performance of the South African po Postal Office was predictable. Not only its annual report not tabled, it also achieved only Honorable four of its Jaffa. 17 KPIs. If you look at your monitor, you'll see something. What does it say? Thank you, Chair. <laughs> COPE. Uh, thanks, Honorable Chair. COPE supports and accepts the report presented by the Portfolio Committee. Thank you very much. Thank you. PAC. Aljama. Aljamaa supports the report. Thank you very much, Honorable Out. Thank you. The ANC. Uh, thanks, uh, Honorable House Chair. Uh, speaking in Georgetown University on 27 January 1987, President Oliver Reginald Tambo said, I quote, we seek to create a united, democratic, non-racial society. We have a vision of South Africa in which black and white shall live and work together as equals in conditions of peace and prosperity." Close quote. It is days such as human rights, which we commemorated yesterday, that continue to give life to those words, in such ways that remind us the fruits of liberation that we enjoy today uh, we, we had end. Many men, women, children lost their lives and others were left psychologically and physically paralyzed as a result of the Sharpville massacre on the 21st March 1960. Today, not only are we able to move around freely in our country, but we have superior protection from prejudice and injustice in the form of the Constitution, particularly the Bill of Rights. Honorable House Chair, it is worth appreciating that ICT sector has a significant and growing impact on the GDP of South Africa and is part of the important economic sectors that it potentially provides opportunities for South Africa to get out of the current economic challenges. Our national digital and future skills strategy set out a vision of a South Africa in which all its people are able to benefit from enhanced digital skills, thereby contributing to significantly enhanced quality of life improved education and higher economic growth. Digital skills are one of the key skill sets required for the creation of new kinds of 21st century jobs. Originality, agility, critical thinking, and problem solving are important uh, skills that must be interwoven in digital skills. This gives great impetus to the work of the department and the ANCs committed to ensuring that benefits we stand to yield from digitization and for IR are all inclusive and no one is left behind in rural and in urban areas. While COVID-19 provides an opportunity for ICT sector to thrive, 
like all other sectors, it has also hampered some of the operations of the department, causing delays on critical service delivery priorities. As such, the department committed to achieving 44 annual performance plan quarterly targets by the end of quarter three, but was only able to achieve 18, which translate to 41% achievement, and 26 targets were not achieved. For quarter four, the department committed to achieving 43 annual performance plan quarterly targets and managed to achieve 25, which translate into 58% of the APP targets, 18%, 18 uh, or which constitute 42 were not achieved. While we know that the department performed better in quarter four when compared to quarter three, we want to encourage the department to try and aim for 100% achievement in the subsequent quarters. The ANC remain committed to good governance for the attainment of capable and developmental state. Honorable House Chair, another issue of concern is the disproportionality between the department spending and the targets met. We are concerned that the department spends 3.1 billion, which accounts for 97% of its budget, yet it only achieved 59% of its targets in quarter four. The completion and continuous monitoring of 970 broadband connected sites is welcome. We now implore on the minister and her department to execute their strategy for the funding of phase two of the broadband infrastructure rollout program, so that all South Africans are able to enter into the space of digitization. The department has been slow on processing bills. This process can no longer be delayed as we need to make legislation as part of our responsibility. The ANC recommends that there is a special focus on this issue. The South African Post Office Limited Amendment Bill, South African Broadcasting Corporation Limited Bill, Data and Cloud Policy, a PC4IR implementation plan need to be tabled before this house and adopted as soon as possible. In conclusion, House Chair, while we appreciate the work done by some of the entities to meet their targets and adequately execute their mandate in, uh, to South Africans, the ANC remains concerned about the state of the affairs of SAPO, Youssef, Nemisa, and SABC. There is an urgent need to fast track the repurposing of some of these entities so that we are able to effect the turnaround strategy for improved performance. In conclusion, uh, House Chair, the ANC support uh, this report. And I must also indicate that uh, all ANC pastors have been vaccinated. Thanks. Thank you. What a choice of a sticker for the time. Thank you. Uh, we proceed, uh, honorable members. The motion is that the report be adopted. Are there any objections? No objections agreed to. The secretary will read the second order. Consideration of report of Portfolio Committee on Communications on 2020-2021, third and fourth quarter performance and expenditure reports of Government, Communication and Information System and Media Development and Diversity Agency. Thank you. The chairperson of the committee, Honorable Maneli, will you please introduce the report? Honorable House Chair, Honorable Members, Honorable Ministers and Deputy Ministers, Committee Support Staff, Fellow South Africans. The Portfolio Committee on Communications, the committee considered the 2020-2021 third quarter and fourth quarter performance 
of the department and its entity, the MTDA, in a virtual meeting on the 18th, August 2021. This report gives an overview of the presentation made by the department and its entity to the committee, focusing mainly on its achievements, outputs in respect of the performance indicators, targets set for 2021, for 2020-2021 financial year, and related financial performance. The report also provides the committee's key deliberations and recommendations in relation to performance presentation by the department and its entity. Honorable members, the period under review was characterized by high levels of trust in the government information on COVID-19, eager anticipation on the vaccine rollout program, and also fear anxiety in the public related to job security and COVID-19. The department continued its communication program focusing on campaigns such as COVID-19, the economic recovery and reconstruction plan, and in the base violence and femicide, doing this together with key departments. Honorable Chairperson, the department achieved 98% annual performance plan quarterly targets by the end of quarter three of the 2020-2021 financial year, and 2% of the targets were not achieved. For the fourth quarter, the department achieved 79% APP quarterly targets, and 21% were not achieved. The department was allocated 750.5 billion rands for the 2020-2021 financial year, which included the 60 million rand budget allocation for the allocation for COVID-19, and it was spent as outlined in the report. Honorable members, it is against this background that the committee, amongst others, made observations and recommendations as follows. One observed with concern that one target in both quarters under review, which relates to payment of invoices within 30 days, was not achieved, and that eight targets were not met during the fourth quarter. Also commend the MDTA for achieving the clean audit. However, the committee was concerned with lack of funding from the commercial print media. And therefore recommend, amongst others, that the minister should ensure that one, the department and, and, and the entity itself meet all its targets. And that a way is found to engage the commercial printing sector in order to restore the funding it made to the MDDA. I thank you, House Chair. Thank you, Honorable Maneli. As there are no lists of speakers, I recognize the Chief Whip of the Majority Party. Thank you very much, House Chair. House Chair, I move that uh, the report be adopted as presented. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I will now recognize the political parties that wish to make a declaration. The EV would like to make a declaration, Chair. <laughs> Honorable Member, I think previously the Deputy Speaker responded to you. I'm still talking on the sequence of these proceedings. Please be patient. The GA. Yeah, Lebocha, would you let it to know? 
Chairperson, allow me to preface my declaration by reminding us yes, that yesterday South Africans commemorated yet another Human Rights Day under prolonged and now unnecessary long lockdown conditions. With that said, it is apt that I note the sober analysis of the Minister in the Presidency, Honorable Mondli Kungubele, who writes in the Presidency Forward in the Media Development and Diversity Agency, MTDA Annual Report, of 2020-2021 saying, the first lockdown announced on 23 March 2020 spelled a loss of income on both the mainstream com and community media sectors. He further quotes the South African National Editors Forum, SANEF, which reports that most small publishing houses that could, have, that could not access emergency government funding resulted in a loss of an estimated 300 to 400 journalistic jobs. What is more troubling is his admission that it is even harder to ascertain how many jobs were lost at the community radio station levels, as this sector absorbs a lot more numbers when it comes to volunteers who are paid a mere monthly stipend. Honorable Gungumbele laments that the decline in advertising revenue was just as substantial to these community media projects. Added to this was the disappearance of the third stream of revenue for source, from sources such as hosting events. Moral of the story, you ask. Government agencies cannot thrive with their mandate if this government does not create a conducive environment for them to do so. The MDDA's mission is clear. That is to support the development of a vibrant, innovative, sustainable, and people-centered community media sector through, the, through resourcing, knowledge-based research, capacity building, in order to give a voice to historically disadvantaged communities. And under lockdown, this is made difficult. The core activity of the agency is to provide financial and non-financial support to community broadcast and, and small commercial, commercial media projects with an emphasis on promoting indigenous language and contributing to the community development and the alleviation of poverty and inequality. Therefore, any sort of underspending by the agency means that its intended beneficiaries suffer. It means that the project to give the voice to the historically disadvantaged communities is deferred be it a 1% not spent on administration or 4% on intergovernmental coordination and stakeholder management, the communities suffer. As an intervention to the lockdown, the agency board approved 20 million rands as an emergency relief fund for community and small commercial media to be dispersed over two phases. The report states that due to over 16 million rands. The, the report states that to date, over 16 million rands has been dispersed to 210 qualifying beneficiaries. The DA welcomes this as it serves as a reprieve for the sector. The committee report notes the agency's inability to meet one target in both quarter under review, which relates to payment of invoices within 30 days. Fact is, Non-payment of invoices poses a risk to beneficiary. The DA therefore welcomes the intervention by the SCM officials who work extended hours to address the outstanding invoice issues. As noted by the committee, the agency continues to not to receive any sort of funding from commercial printing sector. The DA hopes that the planned stakeholder engagement helps strengthen ties with this sector so that they can add their contribution to the development of the SMMEs. Whether colleagues on the right care to admit it or not, 
the lockdown has derailed not just this sector, but many other sectors in the country. This sector, operating under much uncertainty, was unable to make even short-term plans because of the abrupt family meetings called by the president to announce in most cases our limitations of our freedoms, and as well as it was not thought well thought through. We acknowledge the resilience of the staff management, the board of the MDDA, as well as congratulate them on the audit report. We wish the agency well, especially with their quest to engage decision makers in broadcasting, print, telecommunication operations, social media platforms, training partners, and other key stakeholders in order to secure funding for its mandate. Thank you, Mudula Stulo. The EFF. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, the Media and Diversity Agency is a crucial institution, particularly for the support needed by community radio stations in the country, which continue, by the way, to be underfunded and left on their own. Despite attaining a clean audit outcome from the Auditor General, the MDDA has spectacularly failed to be kind to be the kind of support that many community radio stations need in today's day and age. In 2020, when the MDDA came to Parliament to report on the struggles of these community radio stations, they presented common knowledge about these problems, which include inability to adapt in a rapidly changing technological development. To this date, this entity has been unable to address this particular challenge and help these community radio stations to continue being invaluable vessels for news in our communities. The GCIS's failure also noted in the report is that even though government communications is centralized in the presidency, there is no coherence in government communications. At the height of the uprisings in July last year, we had ministers contradicting the president on what was actually behind those protests. The GCIS was nowhere to be seen during that period. The idea of centralizing communications in the presidency it also undermines the role which ought to be played by the communications department. There is no coordination. There is no long-term strategic thinking about the role of communications and how mediums for communication ought to be used to help this country develop and to deal with many societal problems, such as the endemic high rates of crime. We reject the support because we don't have a choice and we are forced to do that. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. IFP. Thank you very much, House Chairperson. Government communication during the period under review, and particularly in respect of the COVID-19 COVID pandemic, has been both good and bad. We consider challenges which include the fact that South Africa recognizes 11 official languages and that South Africa remains disadvantaged by a digital divide. GCIS can do better. Radio remains the biggest medium in South Africa, and we have seen during the COVID crisis that government communication, especially in rural areas, has proved ineffective. It was found that health workers who go out into local communities were, in fact, the most effective frontline messengers. However, this is time-consuming and not feasible because of the sheer scale of logistics and human resources required. New and effective ways must be found to ensure communication to all South Africans during this pandemic. Internally, we remain concerned that GCIS does not have its house in order in respect of settlement of creditors' accounts, especially when these affects the cash flow of SMMEs contractors. Government must be doing all that it can to create a vibrant small 
business economy rather than suffocating smaller enterprises by not settling their accounts timelessly. The MTTA under the leadership of uh, Ms. Project must be congratulated for its compliance with the audit process. Chairperson, the GCIS and MTTA must strive to continue with the good trajectory they are currently upon. Targets must be met and performance regularly monitored. It remains extremely critical that effective government information is communicated to the citizens. I thank you. Thank you. FF plans. The declaration, Austria. Thank you. ACGP. Uh, thank you. Thank you, House Chair. Uh, House Chair, the, the ACGP has commented on the previous report, um, but I want to make this particular statement, House Chair. It, it, was, it was mentioned uh, that I will die. Um, and I want to take an opposite position as a Christian uh, in this house. And the opposite position that I take is that nothing will happen Honorable, to Honorable uh, Sering, are you coming with a point of order? Or Chair, where should I locate that? Is that a, 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 uh, a declaration or a Chair, point, a point of it's order? It's a point of order. Take it, you can take it as a point of order, Chair. Honorable was, Sering, let me say this. A point of order should be taken as soon as that is raised. So at this stage, you are late for a point of order of something that was said long ago when you should have stood up at the time and raised your point of order. Okay, Please Chair, allow me, us to follow the rules. Let me continue with my declaration, Chair. Uh, as a part of my declaration, I, I want to indicate that I will take the opposite position and my opposite position is that to those who pronounce a curse on me, I choose to bless. Um, nothing will happen to me, but nothing will happen to me beyond that which uh, my Father in heaven uh, either permits or does not permit. And so uh, that, that chair then is a part of my declaration. Uh, the AC and the ACDP will support the reports. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, UDM? UDM? Oh, what now, UDM? Uh, ATM? Is there a hand there? I saw Mr. Swart coming on the screen. Is there any hand there? Nothing. Okay. ATM? None. Good? Who's responding? There's a, a baritone voice that is responding. I don't know from where. Oh, okay. Vali, Vala, Vala. NFP. The National Freedom Party welcomes this report and notes the recommendations of the committee on both the MTTA and GCIS. With that said, we would like to stress and shed light upon one of the entities of the, of the department, 
USA, USA has performed poorly in this current financial year with unachieved targets and fruitless, wasteful, and irregular expenditure. Though the non-achievement of target was mainly the results of revised digital migration and SA connect policies, we remain concerned about the fruitless, wasteful, and irregular expenditure. House Chair, the reason why we are so concerned is that even the explanation provided by the NTT to the department was not good enough and thus rejected. What is even more concerning is the fact that the USASA could not even provide timelines of when the said investigation will commence and be concluded. The incompetency of the official is very alarming. Therefore, we call on USASA and its accounting authority to expedite this investigation so that those who are responsible can face consequences can face consequence management. We are broke as a nation. We cannot continue allowing public funds to be to be abused by incompetent officials in departments and entities. Gabonga staff. AIC. No declaration, Chair. Thank you. Cope. Thank you. AC. Aljama. Aljama. Okay, Aljama, uh, you are not. Sorry, Honorable Chair. No declaration. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, the ANC. Thank you, House, uh, Honorable House Chair. Uh, Honorable Members. The period we are reviewing today has been characterized by numerous challenges and uh, devastation to us as a people, and uh, particularly to the Department of uh, Government Communication and Information System. While the 2021 period was dedicated to ensuring that the South African people received all information they needed to minimize the spread of COVID-19 virus, the Portfolio Committee itself lost two members to the virus. Our dear friend and colleague, Honorable Mackenzie, and our very own comrade and stalwart of our movement, Minister Jackson Mtembo, may their soul rest in, their souls rest in peace. Minister Mtembo led GCIS with distinction and, the country, and his contribution to the department and its entity lives on. In a debate on the state of the nation address in 2019, the late Minister Jackson Mtembo said, open quote, a people without dreams, without vision and purpose, is a people with no future. It was the dreamers who gathered in Mangaung in 1912 and formed an organization that would wage a resistance struggle against colonialism and oppression informed by the dream of a free South Africa, which now all, all of us enjoy, close quote. Honorable members, it is in that light that we ought to approach the challenges of the day. While the state of our economy is ailing and will continue to fight this vicious pandemic, we should conduct robust oversight that will ensure that we build a better future and a better South Africa for generations to come. The ANC commends the work done by the department during this reporting period around its key priorities in campaigns such as COVID-19 awareness and education, the economic reconstruction recovery program, and the gender-based violence and femicide campaign. It is also worth mentioning that GCIS plays a critical role in spreading, in spreading important information and awareness on issues that affect us broadly as a country. To this end, 
We welcome the initiative that was taken by the department and the South African Depression and Anxiety Group, SADAC, on hosting a webinar to tackle ahead on the topic on depression and mental health. A report released by the World Health Organization this year stated that the global prevalence of anxiety and depression has increased by over 25% since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. We implore on the department to continue to keep the dialogue open on issues that affect society in general. And we welcome the report, which indicates 98% achievement of its target for the third quarter of 2020-2021 financial year and 79% of targets achieved for the fourth quarter. However, we note with concern that there was underspending in all three programs of the department and eight targets were not met during the fourth quarter. During the third quarter, Media Development and Diversity Agency, the MDDA, achieved 84% of the planned targets for 2019 2020, 4% up from 80% in 2018-2019 financial year. It also achieved a clean audit outcome for the 2019-2020 financial year, an improvement from unqualified audit outcome in 2018-2019 financial year. The ANC commends the work of the MDDA through, the, through their work and support for the small players in the country. Our people in the deep rural areas and townships are also able to follow national engagements and gain access to some of the opportunities available to them. The 20 million emergency relief fund was approved by the board for community and small commercial media has gone a long way in ensuring that they continue to operate. To date, over 16 million has been disbursed to 210 qualifying beneficiaries. Emergency packages were, were 45,000 per broadcast and print digital publication trend. In the second trend, up to 6,000 was dispersed for, ratio, for, for radio stations, 20,000 for print digital publications, and 290,000 for community televisions. In conclusion, House Chair, uh, while we note that the target on grant funding was not reached, and the agency continued not receiving any form of funding from commercial printing sector. Honorable members, we can appreciate that small players in this sector at times struggle to stay afloat having received some assistance from the agency. This therefore gives a clear indication that more streams of generating revenues need to be channeled so that they too have a, comp a competitive ad uh, advantage and importantly so that our people continue to enjoy these services and the full fulfillment to their rights to information. The African National Congress support this report and its recommendation. Dear Wamzulachidolo, I thank you. Thank you, Babu Gumbu. Uh, we proceed now, honorable members, are there any ones that uh, are objecting to this uh, report? No objections agreed. This is not the objection of the EFF chair. Noted, the, the report is agreed to. I will ask now the secretary to read the third order. Debate on Human Rights Day. 
entrenching human rights culture in the fight against racism, xenophobia, and other related intolerances. Thank you. Uh, we will now invite the Honorable Maseko Chele to take the podium. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. Building a non-racial, non-sexist, united and prosperous society. In the words of the first democratic president, President Nelson Mandela, I quote, to deny people of their human rights is to challenge their very humanity, to impose on them a wretched life of hunger and deprivation is to dehumanize them. But such has been the terrible fate of all black persons in our country under the system of apartheid, close quote. Honorable Chairperson, members of the executive and the legislature, compatriots, comrades, and friends on various platforms today, a good day. As we commemorate Human Rights Month, we remember the sacrifices that accompanied the struggle for the attainment of freedom and democracy in South Africa. The freedom we enjoy today was certainly not free. It was not even a, on a platter, it was fought for. The period of the 1960s to the 1980s was characterized by the system defiance, systematic defiance and protest against the apartheid regime in the country. On 21st March 1960, the community in Sharpville, like the fellow, that their fellow compatriots across the country embarked on a protest march against past laws. The apartheid police shot and killed prote protesters in Sharpville. On the 25th anniversary of the Sharpville massacre, tragedy struck again, once again, Walanga in the Eastern Cape. This became known as the Langa Massacre. This horrific incident exposed the apartheid government's deliberate violation of human rights to the world. The democratic government declared 20, uh, 21st March Human Rights Day to commemorate and honor, uh, honor those who fought for our liberation and the rights we enjoy today. This year, we commemorate Human Rights Month under the theme, open quote, the year of unity and renewal, Prote protecting and preserving our human rights gains, close quote. Chairperson, at the heart of the struggle of liberation was the attainment of human rights and the restoration of human dignity. Human dignity is a central value for the objective normative value system established by the Constitution. Our Constitution is hailed across the world as one of the most progressive in the world. Among others, it is founded on the following principles. Human dignity, the achievement of equality, and the advancement of human rights and freedoms. The Constitution is the ultimate protector of our human rights. Our courts, and in particular the Constitutional Court, has been instrumental in enforcing the Bill of Rights. 
The ANC recognizes the country's historic oppress oppression of Africans in general and Blacks in particular. This understanding also recognizes that the South African society, like many other societies, is patriarchal and anchored on the historic marginalization of women and the perception that women are inferior to men, while all Africans who are subjected to conquest, colonial rule, and disposition. The way in which women and men experience the, uh, these different, as, as did their political, economic, and equal, uh, legal statuses. These differences shaped their particular responses, helped to determine the issues they took up and the methods of struggle adopted. The main objective of the African democratic revolution is to attain a non-racial, non-sexist, united and prosperous society. The ANC theoretical approach to gender transformation and equality is informed by the women, women experience of triple oppression on the basis of their race, sex, and class position. We continue to anchor our resolve on a pursuit for a national democratic society, which is a society that has addressed the challenges within the race, class, race, and gender contradictions. And as such, we will continue to champion for gender equality and the empowerment of marginalized groups in society. Chairperson, the scourge of gender-based violence and femicide continues to be the second pandemic in, in our country. The levels of GB, GB, VF are at all time high on a daily basis. We learn of a, either a woman who has been murdered by an, an intimate partner, a child who has been abused, a member of the LGBTI community who has been assaulted, it is as though the lives of women and children do not matter. Surely this needs to change. The status quo cannot continue to exist. Violence and patriarch must, must be addressed with immediate effect. Everyone must come on board in this fight. Chair, notwithstanding the difficulties brought about by the status quo, we must acknowledge that South Africa has made outstanding progress in its effort to address gender inequality and enhance gender equality through the creation of various laws and structures, such as the Commission of Gender Equality and the establishment of the Ministry of Women, Children and People with Disability. We appreciate the report that gender-based violence and femicide is a priority crime in the SAPS. We acknowledge the department's effort to implement its turnaround strategy to deal with the DNA backlogs. Through the ministerial intervention, 17 critical contracts for DNA consumables have since been awarded. Forensic laboratories, laboratories have been capacitated with 19 interns to fill critical positions. 40% of human resources are dedicated to addressing the backlog and 60% of human resources 
is dedicated to incoming cases. It was reported that between April 2021 to uh, 10 February 2022, 196 persons accused of GBV were being handed down 272 life sentences. We appreciate that the three bills which are meant to address GBV have been signed into law by the president. The collaboration, collaborative approach of the ANC government is ensuring that no effort is spared in reaching out to survivors uh, is noteworthy. For agent counseling of survivors, the Department of Social Development has established a 24-hour gender-based violence command center, which offers trauma counseling and assistance to survivors. It can be Thank you, honorable member. Check your screen. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Uh, Honorable Kanyile. House Chair, today we are gathered in this house to commemorate Human Rights Day. The Bill of Rights states clearly that everyone has a right to life, equality, freedom to asylum, and to social services. Unfortunately, year after year, we witness these rights being taken away from the people by the ANC government. How can people live a dignified life when their rights are being taken away are being taken away from them. 27 years into democracy, people's rights are being violated, especially in various horror affairs offices. We cannot celebrate Human Rights Day when thousands of IDs belonging to the people of Bushback Bridge are still blocked. A group of community members being represented by, by Marshall Arichaka NPO took the Department of Home Affairs to court to have their IDs unblocked. The court ruled in their favor on the 28th of June 2019, but to date their IDs remain blocked. They remain undocumented within the borders of South Africa. Majority of them have since lost their jobs. Children born to parents who are undocumented are harassed daily at school because school require a birth certificate. Birth certificate is a critical requirement when you are to enroll your child to school. Today, we stand with these community members. With the rising rate of unemployment that has also been caused by this action from Home Affairs, parents would have applied for child grants to enable them to provide for their kids. But without any form of documentation, this only remains a dream. House Chair, Umam Lindi Wesibisi from Newlands in Gauteng went to apply for her ID in 2002, yet she was presented with a death certificate. And it took the department 10 years to fix this error. It was only fixed in 2012. She was unable to find a job to provide for her two kids. Mr. Bongani Mbindela from Queenstown in the Eastern Cape went to Home Affairs in 2010 to register a death of a family member and erroneously presented with his own death certificate. It took the department 12 years to fix this error. It was only fixed in February 2022 through the intervention of the DA. How many people are roaming our streets who are in a similar situation like Mam CBC and Mr. Mbindela, whose rights are being violated by being declared dead while they are still alive, and the department sees no agency in addressing these matters when they are brought to their attention. Visiting Home Affairs offices has been an, a, a become a nightmare. 
people stand at the queue for days due to network connectivity issues. Even worse, community members have recently reported that when you don't have money to pay a bribe to leave your ID and get in front of the queue the next day or pay someone to queue for you, you will never receive the much needed important document. Most of these offices do not have well-equipped waiting areas. You find mothers with their newborn babies and elderly people queuing in the sun. House chair, if we had an effective and decisive government, a, a department of home affairs that does its work, groups like the Dula movement wouldn't exist. The ANC failures violates the rights of people wishing to enter our country legally and to contribute to the economy. The DA is of the view that undocumented foreigners in South Africa should be given amnesty to leave and try to re-enter the country legally or apply for the visas within the country. The DA will not stand by and watch while foreign, foreign nationals are being used as scapegoats by political expedient individuals and are blamed for South Africa's unemployment crisis. That is why the DA has um, policy offers with, with practical interventions. Uh, lastly, Chaperson, we want to send a very strong message to politicians who fan the flames of xenophobia that they will be held accountable should the fire get out of control. I thank you. Thank you. Nebo. May I go? Chaperson. Chaperson, the very foundation of the modern world um, is premised on the denial of rights of others. From the era of feudalism to the rapid expansion of the capitalist order, the human rights of those who have power has always trumped the human rights of the powerless, the marginalized, the oppressed, and the exploited. In the history of all humanity, there is no single group of human beings whose rights to be human has been consistently eroded more than black people across the world. From, early, uh, slave, from the early Arab slave trade to the transatlantic slave trade has formed the basis of the development of the Western world. It is African people whose humanity has consistently been denied, whose rights to life has been recognized only insofar as they help sustain white domination. When we speak of human rights, therefore, we speak about the need to stop the dehumanization of Black people in this country and across the world. When the United Nations General Assembly adopted the Universal Declaration of Human Rights in 1948, this was mainly in response to the killing of Jewish people by the Nazis in, the Eastern, in, in Eastern Europe. It was only when Hitler and his Nazi forces started killing non-Blacks that the international community began standing up for human rights. Before the adoption of that declaration and after it, we as black people have been on our own. The colonial and apartheid system continued in Africa and elsewhere. It was in response to this vile system of the dehumanization of black people that Robert Sobuko stood up and asserted the rights of, African, of Africans to be free in this country. When Sobuko and the PAC identified the past system as a prime target for the rolling mass action that they claimed would result in the freedom of African people by 1963, they were aware that this was a battle that African people themselves had to fight because it is African people themselves who understand the depth of the pain. They were aware of that white, white supremacists had always responded with violence to any calls for emancipation by African people. 
The massacre that took place in Shopville, in Langa, in Utenaik, were no aberration, therefore. It was a normal response by a deranged and racist group of people who would do anything to entrench the dehumanization of Black people. We honor the bravery of, and wisdom of Robert Samukwe, the brilliance of Philip, of Philip Hosanna, who led the march in Langa as a mere 23-year-old, the determination of Nyaka Anetolo, who led the march in Shampil as a mere 21-year-old, Today, this struggle for the emancipation of African people has not been won. In South Africa today, African people still do not have the land. They still do not control the economy. African people still live in shacks. It is African children who still have to cross dangerous rivers in KwaZulu-Natal in order to get to school. It is African women who still have to cross rivers locked inside drums because there are no bridges in Dabangulu in Eastern Cape. It is African children who live in constant fear of being killed in Kailicha in Cape Town, where gang violence is leaving bodies of Black youth littered across the street every single day without any response from the police. The difference is that today, African people are still living in the slave-like conditions while we have government led by African people. The perpetuation of the dehumanization of African people is perpetuated by this government sustenance of the systems and structures that prolong the suffering of black people. African people will never taste freedom. They will never have the rights to humanity respected and enforced in this country as long as the ruling party is still in power. The ruling party and the affirmation of the rights of African people to being human cannot coexist. This country needs a complete rebooting in order to be sustainable. We need a comprehensive redistribution of land and wealth in favor of African people whose rights have been diminished for centuries. We need a government that is able to respond to service delivery challenges that makes the lives of our people a daily living hell. Of the present political parties, only the EFF has the vision and the will to put an end to the continued dehumanization of African people. I thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. The Honorable Singh. Stop thing, you know. Uh, it started before I can speak. No, no. Oh, okay, okay. No. <laughs> Thank you, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Colleagues. According to our Constitution, the Bill of Rights is a cornerstone of democracy in South Africa. It enshrines the rights of all people in our country and affirms the democratic values of human dignity, equality, and freedom. Further, it is the responsibility of the state, and I quote, to respect, protect, promote, and fulfill the rights in the Bill of Rights, close quote. As the IFP, a party that has its foundation firmly planted in Ubuntu Bhutto, as well as the key values of solidarity, freedom, and unity in diversity, we affirm our support for and the importance of a human rights-based culture as we fight the scourge of racism, xenophobia, and intolerance. The IFP will not tolerate racism of any kind, and we will continue to call such out wherever it may be found, whether it be alleged racism in local schools or whether outside our borders, uh, such as the way Europe handled the refugees flowing out of Ukraine, blatantly discriminate, uh, discriminating against black and African nationals. Chairperson, the IFPA further has also gone on record to state that the rights of any person residing within our borders needs to be protected.
whether they be asylum seekers or illegal immigrants. We will not accept or support any form of xenophobic action. We would like to state plainly that campaigns such as Operation Dudula cannot take the law into their own hands. Everyone is equal before the law and must respect the rule of law. And I'm glad that the Honorable President of the country confirmed that yesterday in the speech. However, here, government and the Department of Home Affairs has failed us. Their complete inability to manage our borders, as well as to keep track of and deal with those who make their way into South Africa illegally, has only served to intensify the anti-foreigner sentiments around issues such as jobs and health care. The IFP led the charge on legislation to regulate the numbers of foreign nationals employed in low-skilled and unskilled sections through a private member's bill that is going through Parliament now, and government has now followed suit with their own executive bill. We trust this will serve to dispel some of the misconceptions that fan the flames of xenophobia in our communities. The topic for today also deals with intolerances, Honorable Chairperson. With the rights come responsibilities. That is, this is something none of us, particularly those entrusted with the task of governance and oversight, can forget. As the IFP, we, in, we strive to instill a commitment to servant leadership and the importance of tolerance throughout our leadership structures. It was therefore of great concern to see several media reports during the past week where representatives of the ruling party, the ANC, were allegedly caught on camera engaging in violent acts where ward committee elections were taking place. And uh, it was on Human Rights Day in Nohal. Two violent tussles, one in Ward 99 Tragiban and another in Ward 53, which was reported by Honorable Shengiwe Kalipi, where we found that there were uh, uh, violent reactions during those ward committee elections. The whole issue of the process of ward committee elections needs to be revised to ensure representativity based on voting station representation rather than political parties coming there and, 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 and taking the, the cream of the crop and all the members that sit on these ward committees. The Minister of Cocta needs to look at the current processes. This unacceptable behavior, particularly for South Africans, cannot be tolerated, where people are deprived of the basic human rights. And yet they fought bravely, some making the ultimate sacrifice to ensure a society based on fundamental rights. We must do better and be better so as to build a united and, and democratic South Africa, free of racism, xenophobia, and related intolerances. I thank you. Time's thank up. You. Thank you. Yeah. That one is very reliable. Thank you. The Honorable Mulder. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. On Monday, 21st March, that was yesterday, President Cyril Ramaphosa missed yet another opportunity to picture an environment where all South Africans can feel safe. While delivering the keynote address at this year's, at this year's Human Rights Commemorations in Costa, in the Northwest, where people have been without water for months and sewage are running through the streets. The core of the president's message was a message of an ANC president and not of a statesman who seek to preserve human rights and to promote equality. 
Instead, President Ramaphosa claimed that undoing the effects of colonialism and apartheid had been a momentous task and that the legacy continues to reinforce inequality in many spheres of society. The president failed to mention that the legacy of ongoing state capture, corruption and poor governance escalated poverty and inequality to unbearable levels even before the COVID-19 pandemic and the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. While President Ramaphosa told South Africans about the 70 people killed in Sharpville more than 60 years ago, and that the Skiller killings 14 years ago was a stark reminder that racism did not die when apartheid fell, some of the most inhumane human rights violations occurred during 28 years of ANC rule. 50 years after the Sharpville incident, 34 striking mine wakers were killed by the police. This time under the rule of the ANC government. Honorable Chair, the Sharpville killings were indeed tragic. So was the incident in Keitu Manor in KwaZulu-Natal only two months before that when nine police officers were murdered by a crowd of people which Honorable President failed to mention. More recent, life is a many scandal involved the deaths of 144 people in 2016 at psychiatric facilities in Gauteng, from causes including starvation and neglect under the incapable hands of former MEC Kwandani Mashlangu, and thanks to the cruel and inhumane decisions of the Gauteng Department of Health under ANC rule. This incident, Honorable Speaker, has widely been recognized as the greatest cause of human rights violation in the post-1994 South Africa in under ANC rule. Chair, South Africa recalled that Colin Scorza was beaten to death by police in Defence Force members in 2020 who alleged found alcohol on his property. In 2018, the Morane Commission published a report that identified ANC infighting, readily available hitmen, weak leadership and ineffective and complicit law enforcement agencies as key contributing factors to the higher rate of political killings. We should also not forget the July 2021 KZN unrest, destruction and murders. Honorable Chair, the ANC regering is the greatest enkele oortreder van artikel 2 van die Suid-Afrikaanse grondwet, wat mensenrechte verskans. Suid-Afrikaners betaal met nabelaste geld vir privaat medische zorg, en hierdeer word ons mensenrechte aangetas. Suid-Afrikaners moet selfzorg vir die beskerming van veiligheid met alarmstelsels en privaat sekuriteitsmaatskapie, Suid-Afrikaanse gemeenskappe en ondernemings is dikwels sonder water en elektriciteit en hierdeur word hulle mensenrechte aangetas. Voorzitter, in the words of Dr. Peter Grunewald, Human Rights Day should be a reminder for all people of South Africa that everyone's human rights must be respected regardless of race, gender, religion, age, language or culture. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. The ACDP is deeply concerned and ashamed at what has been done to foreign nationals in our country, many times by criminals. Besides unlawful attacks on foreign nationals that we strongly condemn, we believe it is totally unacceptable 
for local young men and women to take the law into their own hands and try to do what government officials and inspectors should be doing. It is not right for unemployed citizens to go around from one shop to the other demanding work and resident permits from people who are doing business. They are doing it because they have lost confidence in government that has officials who are not doing their job. Some of them are busy taking bribes. So we believe that if government officials, particularly from the Department of Home Affairs, were manning our ports of entry well, then we would not be having the serious challenges with undocumented foreign nationals. The problem of our porous borders that many political parties in this house have been complaining about for years now needs immediate attention. Since the advent of democracy, many nations looked up to South Africa as a beacon of hope and expected our country to be a good example for the rest of the world because of the way we dealt with our past challenges and the willingness we had to show forgiveness, reconciliation, and work together. The ACDP calls on all South Africans that they should be, all of us should be more welcoming, respect and accept one another, particularly those who come from other countries looking for a safer place to call home. Those who attack foreign nationals are threatening foreign investor confidence and hindering our growing tourism industry negatively. How can foreign nationals and foreign companies bring new investments in the country when they are treated with disrespect and seem unwanted? It is reported that one of the main reasons why foreigners are treated with hostility by South Africans is because they symbolize a clear competition for jobs in a country where opportunities are already scarce. The unemployment rates in Senegal and Rwanda, as an example, are relatively low compared to South Africa. According to the World Bank, Senegal's unemployment rate was under 10% in 2017, while Rwanda's unemployment rate stood at 17% in the same year. South Africa's official unemployment rate the same year, 2017, was 27%. This could possibly explain. Honorable Kwankwa. Kwankwa. Is he there in the. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I forgot that ruling. I thought they just closed, uh, muted him. No, thank you. Uh, ATM. Honorable Heron. Uh, thank you, House Chair. House Chair, if democratic South Africa wished to entrench a culture of human rights, a good place to have started would have been holding the perpetrators of apartheid human rights violations accountable for their brutality. Instead, in its wisdom and acting on political instruction, the National Prosecuting Authority decided not to prosecute the more than 300 serious cases referred to it by the TRC. 
Rather than contributing towards entrenching a culture of human rights, this decision entrenched a culture of impunity. Impunity that generates crime statistics, televised insur insurrections, and state capture. When we choose not to hold those who killed in defense of racism to account, how do we advance the fight against racism? A few years ago, a middle-class uh, KZN woman was correctly prosecuted for referring to black beachgoers as monkeys in a much publicized case. But those who tortured political detainees fighting for non-racial justice to death continue to walk free. House Chair, last week in the town of Robertson, violence erupted between workers of Zimbabwean and Basutu origin. While they clashed over jobs, workers born in the area, many born on the farms, the children of farm workers, sit without jobs in shacks in the sprawling informal settlements on the edges of our rural towns. We must be very clear about this. Documented immigrants and migrant workers are as entitled as locals to earn a living. That is not the issue. The issue is the declining number of local people living and working on farms. Instead of accepting responsibility for their workers, many of those, many of whose families serve their parents and grandparents, farmers prefer to hire necessary labor in town, often through labor brokers. We cannot talk about entrenching a culture of human rights and tolerance without having a conversation about the responsibilities of our commercial farmers to contribute to repairing our social fabric, nor without appropriate and properly implemented migration policies. Our transition to democracy and the adoption of the Constitution and Bill of Rights have not fixed relationships in our country. Instead, inequality and grinding poverty are, all, are at an all-time high. Our founding documents are there to guide us. They provide the opportunity to nurture a nation with a culture of tolerance and human rights. But it is up, up to us to make the, the, these words practical and the better nation they describe. It is not only politicians who share a duty to build a rights-based culture. Every South African person and business does too. Those in positions of political and economic influence have a particular responsibility. They must avoid being tempted into opportunism by ill-managed migration policies and get on board the nation building project. I thank you. Thank you. Uh, the Honourable Sheikh Imam. Thank you, Honourable House Chair. The National Freedom Party heard many political parties yesterday expressing satisfaction or celebrating Human Rights Day. And the question we need to ask ourselves with six million people going hungry to bed every day, what is there to celebrate? When people like in the Igudu area in Nongoma haven't had water for three years, what is there to celebrate about human rights? When the Hindocha family is still mourning the brutal death of their daughter, Annie Diwani, where is the human rights? When 16-year-old Berodine Boyce from St. Helena Bay was found behind the Langville sports ground, who was missing for days, found only in a shallow grave with a t-shirt, where is the human rights? 
Where is the human rights for 17-year-old Amashla Kuku, murdered in August 2019, her naked body found dumped in Brown's farm near Philippi? And we still say we want to celebrate Human Rights Day. Where is the human rights of the Khoi and San nation, the first indigenous people in this country? This country sold the land, and I'm glad that the High Court in the Western Cape have just put a hold or stop the development of this particular river club development by Amazon. Why do the Khoi and San have to be treated as second-class citizens when they are indeed the rightful heirs and first indigenous people in this country? We even accommodate Mandarin to satisfy the Chinese. But where is the 20 to 30,000 people who speak Khoi and San in the Sadek region alone? And we still say we want to celebrate Human Rights Day. The levels of homelessness, inequality, gender violence, not forgetting the murder of an innocent farmer in Delmas a day or two ago. So where is the human rights that we talk about? Chairperson, over a million children in this South Africa, this beautiful country of us, still use pit toilets, risking their lives on a daily basis. And we talk about human rights. Now, surely there's a lot of work to be done in the country. I am told my time is up. Thank you. There is nothing to celebrate, nothing to celebrate. Thank you. I like this monitor. It's so bright and the letters are so big. Your time is up. Um, Honorable Wilson. Thank you. UNICEF defines human rights as the standards that recognize and protect the dignity of all human beings. Human rights govern how individual human beings live in society with each other, as well as their relationships with the state and the obligations that the state has towards them. Human rights law obliges governments to do some things and prevents them from doing others. No government, group or individual person has the right to do anything that violates another person's rights. The South African Constitution became effective 25 years ago. Considered one of the finest constitutions in the world, it is a constitution born of love and compassion and aims to protect the rights of all, especially those who suffered under abhorrent apartheid regulations. The love and compassion of great people that led to our great constitution promoted equality for all South Africans in every sphere of their lives, in education, law, housing, and even health. But this begs the question, after 25 years, has this constitution made a difference? In many ways, yes. 
But what has happened to the government's love and compassion for its fellow South Africans? Is it still there? I say no. When an elderly lady is rushed to a cynical clinic with high blood pressure, desperate for oxygen, and is told there is no oxygen, desperate for her prescription medication, she is advised, sorry, not available, Kroblesdal has, Hospital has not delivered for a month. Where was the love? Where was her basic human right to quality health care? When an elderly lady goes into Steve Biko Hospital for a small procedure and lies there for three months with the same colonoscopy bag leaping, leaking and gaping septic holes from her wounds, which her family had to dress each day until she passed away unnecessarily, where was the compassion? Where was the basic human right to quality health care? Despite being the biggest hospital in the Eastern Cape and having an orthopedic wing, orthopedic surgeries in the Livingston Hospital have ground to a halt. Clinics and hospitals have been told, please don't refer, we can't do it. When women are forced to deliver babies outside clinic gates, when patients die because there is no ambulance to get them to a hospital, when hundreds of babies are left with cerebral palsy because of bad deliveries and inadequate facilities, where is the love? Where is the compassion that our Medida had when he signed off our constitution? Let's not forget the oncology crisis at Rob Ferreira Hospital. When ministers HOD these senior government officials rob the Department of Health instead of ensuring that the vulnerable get proper health care. There is no love. There is no compassion when you do that. And they live large while the vulnerable suffer. The protection of human rights starts from love and compassion and must come from us all. Today, many sit in this house and have no love or compassion. They are here for personal agendas and not for human rights at all. I say to those now, please leave. Leave before the DA makes you. Leave your place open for somebody who does care. For without love and compassion, we cannot move forward as a country. We cannot protect human rights. I implore you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, let's welcome the Honorable Marekwa on her maiden speech. Honorable House Chair, Honorable Members, yesterday our country commemorated Human Rights Day under the theme Year of Unity and Renewal, protecting and preserving our human rights. Thankfully, the dawn of our new democracy dispensation in 1994 in South Africa, we adopted a progressive constitution which protects fundamental rights of our people. Our constitution is in accord with the United Nations 30 Articles of Human Rights contained in its Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which established universal human rights on the basis of humanity, 
freedom, justice, and peace. Madam House Chair, our constitution as a supreme law of the land is based on the African principle of Ubuntu Boto. It is a principle that talks to human solidarity and it is in line with the pan-Africanism, which aims to in encouraging and strengthening bonds of solidarity between all indigenous and diaspora ethnic groups of African descent. In contrast with the ideas of pan-Africanism, and the promotion of African renaissance. We have unfortunately observed with great concern and acts of some, and acts of some Africans or South Africans also, which are aimed at creating disunity between South Africans and Africans from other parts of the continent. This is because we as South Africans, we are a loving nation and we are also a welcoming nation. And generally, we are not xenophobic, as people might label us. We know too well that these acts, are, these acts happen mostly where people are struggling with poverty, and it, is, and it takes just one or two persons with criminal intent to provoke and the desperation to mobilize such behaviors. It is therefore important that we remind ourselves that values that we need to treasure under the current circumstances. Hence, the need to champion the ideals of Pan-Africanism and the African Renaissance to encourage forms of unity between all indigenous and diaspora ethnic groups of African descent based on common goals dating back to the slave trade era. While such um, sentiments are perpetuated, little attention is given to the fact that some employers also take the opportunity to reduce wages and salaries so that they can employ others who are coming from outside South Africa on basis of cheap labor. The attacks negate the spirit of Pan-Africanism, especially its laudable ideals that Africans share mutual bonds regardless of their geographic location. With the African continent free trade era, area to introduce and trying to find its fit, it is important to note that the current economic and political landscape of Africa is hardly permissive and, prom and to promote sustainable economic and social development. It is therefore deemed necessary that we consider an integrated and dynamic economic system to emerge and facilitate socioeconomic transformation and renaissance. This could be used to promote sustainable, optimal, and vibrant economic systems in the continent and unleash the collective potential power of Africans to liberate themselves to liberate themselves from abject poverty, destitution, and marginalization. In reality, House Chair, the post-colonial development experience of Africa has been disappointing and isolated efforts to, of countries to initiate development without reforming the old and exploitative institutions of the colonial regimes have largely ended up in failures and stagnations. Whereas the challenges of under development are generally daunting. The necessary human and investment capital is still short of supply and the poverty trap is firmly in place. When former president Tabombeki announced his dream for Africa and called it the African Renaissance, he did not envisage a rebirth. 
but rather a discovery of what Africa was. was. A people free of in mind and soul, capable of original thought, confident to love and to embrace life holistically, united with itself, nature, and God. The beginning of our rebirth, Hoshche, as a continent, must be our own rediscovery of our soul. We need to work towards overcoming the current challenges confronting the continent to achieve cultural, scientific, and economic renewal. In that, we are also saying that all Africans are welcome in Africa. With that whole share, I thank you, Kiale Boha. Asante sana. I will now invite the Honorable Chapter. Thank you, Honorable Chair. It is exactly 60 years, 62 years after Sobu led a march against the British system of past laws. On the day, 69 unarmed Africans were killed. 108 injuries were also recorded on the day. Just like in 1960, acts of racism, Afrophobia, and other forms of human rights violations are rampant under the new dispensation. Just as when the Hoffman case was heard at the Constitutional Court back in 2000, in 2000 which dealt with discrimination against HIV-positive employees in the workplace, Juliet Joanne Hegazi in El Dorado Park was being violated. After being raped, Juliet came out of this hotel as HIV-positive. The stigma around her at the time pushed her to the periphery. She was in agony and defaulted on her medication. What followed was a brain and organ failure, and she later succumbed to death. Juliet's mother, Margaret Arnold, who is also our national treasurer, also informed us of another cruel incident involving the little Ensia was found in a washing basket on a dumped site in Orange Farm. We also remember Shenai Stella, who was raped and killed by her uncle. We remember multitudes of unborn children who were deprived of the right to life after being denied nevarapine treatment. We remember Ms. Hrod Boom, who died without a decent house despite the constitutional judgment finding in her favor. The remains of Tehofa Tobule were found hanging on a tree in another brazen act of terror. Honorable Chair, Philip Hosanna, Robert Sobukwe, Eskiam Pashele should be turning in their graves. Rihang Mosineke, who was jailed when he was barely 15 years for protesting against the Sharpville massacre, must be distraught. What is more troubling is that the TRC final report issued to the ANC government for implementation has been gathering dust. The TRC report 
in clear terms and joined the government to prosecute apartheid perpetrators who had who had been grant who had been not granted amnesty to provide financial reparations for the victims of apartheid and to take concrete steps remember your time is up push Honorable Matisha. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Almost 74 years ago, that is on the 10th of December 1948, countries of the world met in France and agreed on 30 articles which are currently known as 30 universal human rights. The majority of those articles are encapsulated in our constitution. But the question we must ask ourselves in this house, and of course to all South Africans, is do all South African people enjoy or even have access to all those particular rights? But perhaps even before I go on, let me give these examples that South Africa is the rape capital of the world. The question is why? South Africa is number one when it comes to inequality. It is the unsafest a country because only 45.8% of the 2,785 detectives haven't been trained in the basic detective learning program according to police need and priorities report. It is extremely unfortunate, Chair, that the Constitution has become a tool used by political power holders to either entrench the space they occupy or elevate their faces for the future. It is unfortunate that the holders of political power and or those who have been elevated economically through the purported war, different uh, sexual existence, etc., have risen to occupy the space of defiers of human rights. It is unfortunate that the constitution has been turned into a political claim instead of it being a legal claim as dictated, like I said, in our preamble and in chapter two. Now, although the constitution says people must have food, housing, they must enjoy access to education, etc., that will never be. The question to South Africans and to you members of parliament is why? Thank you, Honorable Matisha. Honorable Nyonto. Just wait for them. House Chairperson, let us get it straight. The Sharpeville and Langa massacre of 21st March 1960 was a gross violation of human rights of innocent and peaceful protesters led by the PAC against the past laws as the first of an unfolding program of action against settler colonialism and its apartheid policies.
to restore a human rights culture without having resolved the land question and the universal right of self-determination for the African people who had their land usurped and their human dignity violated is to play with words. Human rights is not a game of scrabble. The full culture that accords a nation its Bill of Rights is based on the economic condition of the restoration of colonial conquest and the will of the majority in a democratic political system. Without passing this acid test, the experiment is to have rights on paper, but the opposite in the living reality of all the citizens. That is why South Africa, with its highest record of inequality, still remains a gross violation of human rights. We cannot begin to talk about the causes of crime, rampant corruption by government officials and their superiors in the political sphere. The super exploitation of working people by a greedy capitalist class that is only concerned with the targets of shareholders to maximize their profit. The trafficking of women and children and other ills that are visited upon us. Let us come to an understanding that it is, a fal- it, it is a falsehood to celebrate human rights when in actual fact it does not exist. In the PAC, we remember the blood that was spilled in the dusty streets of Sharpville and Langa. We rededicate ourselves to ensure that it never happens again, not in our watch. However, similar crime happened in Marikana in 2012. We must drill this. Sharpville Day is to the African people and the Azanians. What Bastille Day is to the French, as the late Philip Hosanna once said. Klaus Chaperson, history doesn't have blank pages. On the eve of 1960, Sobukwe wrote to the ANC inviting them to join the struggle. And Dumanokwe said the struggle campaign was not going to succeed and he was prepared to swallow his head. That's why Chan is behaving like this. Thank you, Honorable Member. Order, order. Honorable Roland, over to you. Honorable Chairperson, Honorable the Ministers and Deputy Ministers, Honorable Members who are here in this August House, let me first remind those who came in this podium today uh, forgetting the brutalities that uh, during apartheid government we experienced. Some are coming here forgetting that, some are coming here forgetting that during apartheid government, some who benefited the when you are going to these clinics, to these trains, they were written in blank. I must be uh, told what was that. What is this? Today you are here with this progressive government, irrespective of color, all the people of this country are getting what you call um, pensions, what you call uh, the Sasa grants, that time it was having a color. Uh, I can say a lot, uh, I, I will be whipped uh, not to talk about my, uh, my speech, but uh, I've 
got so many things that I can, I can talk when sometimes when you are getting in the train, in the bus, you will be getting news that a black woman, a black man, uh, there is a corpse, cops who were speaking whilst they, they were killed uh, during those days, you just forgotten. Uh, we are, as African National Congress, trying to forget, but you, you now you want us that you, we must, you reminding us of what then uh, those, uh, maybe they were uh, some of your families which they've done to us. Uh, Honorable the Chairperson, the triumph of the democratic dispensation will be realized when, when what the preamble of the Constitution states is a reality when it says, I open quotes, we believe that South Africa belongs to all who live in it, united in our diversity. Our arts, culture, and sports play a central role in harnessing our diversity for nation building and social cohesion. Also, Chairperson, uh, the role of culture, arts, and sports events in bringing people together. The ANC has located culture as an integral component of the process of development because it contributes to such processes, but it can also play a facilitative of destructive role in the unfolding of the development processes. Art is one form of freedom of expression through music, dance, creative writing, photography, film, and other forms of art. People from diverse backgrounds experience the richness of our distinct diversity of our cultures. It is through human interactions across our diversity that we'll be able to appreciate our diversity. And in this regard, sports plays a significant role in building friendship and interaction. As we celebrate this year's Human Rights Day, we should defend democratic gains of freedom of expression. What is critical is that the right to freedom of expression comes with responsibility. Uh, the freedom of expression cannot be expressed to violate the rights of others, as in some instances, in some of our committees, we are seeing this happening. Therefore, we cannot use music, creative writing, painting, and culture to entrench the false ideology of racism, xenophobia, tribalism, and discrimination against the LGBT. P LGBTI Q plus. Uh, in advancing of a transformation in sports, we have witnessed that the demon of discrimination continues to manifest in our sports sector. As a nation, we remember the painful experience in our fight for the identity rights of Ocasta's men, who the athletics global system continue to discriminate. Uh, this is a task a reminder that transformation of sports remains a terrain of struggle. Inequality in sports reflects the nature of our patriarchal society. Sports for, me, for men are well resourced with adequate investment into infrastructure and substantive commercial support, while the opposite is true for women. We call uh, I'm calling a current con to those who are having uh, some monies supporting the, the women's sport. 
the, the, the men's sport that they must contribute also uh, in the women's sport. Racial segregation has entrenched racial exclu exclusion of black people in men's sport codes who have less opportunities of development due to lack of resources in mainly rural areas and townships. This has produced under presentation different sports such as cricket, swimming, hockey, and other sports. As the Portfolio Committee of, on Sports, Arts and Culture, we dismay by racism in cricket. We supported as this, the Committee of Sports, Arts and Culture, the Social Justice and Nation Building Project Interim Report on Cricket by advocating Sebeza and advocating Miley, paints a concerned picture of systematic barriers which discriminate against black people. We have, we have called uh, for accountability and transformation. The imminent persons group reports are a systematic intervention. We should be responded to and supported by all stakeholders in sporting fraternity. We need to create a transformed sports sector, which plays a powered role in uniting the people of South Africa and our identity, which is anchored by our diversity. The transformation uh, society through arts and through arts, sports, and uh, culture. Arts and culture are major contributor in shaping both uh, the in shaping and forging values in a society. Our creatives, writers through their written works such as poetry, fiction and non-fiction books, they produce uh, content for educational purposes. It is for this reason that even under apartheid, certain books were banned. It is the, this power our creative writers should use to, uh, to embed values of tolerance. I do remember uh, whilst I was uh, in Transkai when the, the, there was a story which uh, it was said, uh, it was um, at least indicating uh, then what was going on, but that, that story was banned. Uh, you, you must know that uh, we're coming from very far. In conclusion, Chairperson, as the African National Congress, we make a clarion call to all South Africans to shun all acts of discrimination. We need to continue learning other South African languages, learn each other, other's culture, ensure that we celebrate uh, our diversity in thank intellectual you, manner because this is South Africa identity. I thank, thank you. Um, honorable not that. Oh, honorable Hendrix from the Vesha. Thank Vesha you very Vesha. much. Thank you very much, honorable house chair. Honorable house chair, I have good news. We have something major to celebrate on Human Rights Day. I want to congratulate Parliament for giving 104 former residents of District 6 back their dignity this morning. We must thank the Leader of Parliament, His Excellency uh, David Mabuza, for this. The former residents were forcibly removed and their houses demolished 
And 22 years ago, they got their land back. Nine months ago, apartments allocated to them were complete, but they were not given the keys to move in. The deputy president came to District 6 this morning to see for himself, and this morning insisted that he oversee the signing of documents to let these gogos get their keys. His call was, with a smile, give them back their keys. So keys will be handed over in the next few days and for Muslims just in time for Ramadan and the opportunity of a lifetime in their last days to celebrate Eid when they sight the moon at the end of uh, Ramadan. We have more to celebrate on Human Rights Day. The Minister of Human Settlements gave the executive mayor extra funding for bulk services for 900 more apartments for the District 6 residents that were forcibly removed. The Minister of Land Affairs and Restitution promised to build the remaining 900 houses over four years. Al-Jama appealed to the Deputy President uh, to make that happen in two years, but that is up to the Minister of Finance. He can leave a legacy behind if he speeds up restitution. So the Leader of Parliament made Parliament proud by restoring human rights of District 6 residents, tagging along cabinet ministers of the Inter-Ministerial Committee on Land Affairs. The race is on to get 104 residents in their apartments before the 3rd of April. It is a credit for government that they are prepared to go out to communities and address human rights issues, which His Excellency David Mabuza did today with a smiling face, a smiling face which we seldom see in Parliament. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. And uh, Mr. Papu, you must cheer and clap. Thank you, Honorable Member. Thank you. Honorable Mr. now I recognize you. For many South Africans, human rights are just a figment of the ANC government's imagination. These human rights don't exist in their reality because they don't entirely enjoy them, but are rather trapped in a lifetime of poverty, indignity, and unemployment. Many live in abject poverty and are being denied human dignity, access to water, food, healthcare, education, and an environment that is not harmful to their well-being. This is especially a cause, this is especially the case in rural communities that have been completely forgotten by this out-of-touch ANC government. Abanye bate banyanzele kubwa wale ipijengu tebetebe ukuze ba fikelele eskolweni e kliniki kwaye neoktenga ukujia. Most especially, these most importantly, they are plunged into further poverty because of the rising cost of living, as their grants cover less groceries due to the rising petrol and electricity prices, and mostly from the corruption of the ANC government. During my visit yesterday, I came across four women in a nearby well. While cows and horses drank water from it, one woman was doing her laundry, and the other three, and the other three were collecting the same water for cooking. 
This is the reality in many forgotten rural communities whose basic rights to human dignity remain a myth. Like the forgotten villages of village of Esatheni, they use a dirty man-made well to access water to collect water in a well down a mountain with dead horses and pigs as it is the only water source they can access. The people of Tok Block Village in Maclear now relieve themselves in a nearby bush because there is no sanitation facility. As a result, Utatumabandangalega is now permanently disabled because he broke his leg while on his way to relieve himself in the bush. And these are just a few examples of the lived realities of poor rural communities across the country who don't enjoy their human right to dignity. What was more painful yesterday for me was visiting the late Akona Kogela's home a young lady who died crossing one of the dangerous bridges on her way back from work on the 11th of March. She was found dead in the Imzimvubu River near the Tebetebe Bridge that the minister did not even have the confidence to give a response in which I raised earlier in my member statement. Yesterday, Umamiya, Umamaka Akona, asked that her child not die in vain, Chief Whip. While thanking our dear councillor Nozi Manchongo for exposing the deadly bridge, she pleaded that I tell you, honorable members, that the president must fix that bridge before more families lose their loved ones and experience the same trauma of carrying their bodies in a coffin across the very same bridge that they died in. In conclusion, if we, want, if, if we are to realize the vision of human dignity for all that is enshrined in the Bill of Rights, we need to commit as a nation to ending poverty, indignity, and unemployment, which continues to deny many South Africans their human rights and basic freedoms. So while commemorating Human Rights Day, I've got a toss for the ANC government. Don't come here to this podium to show your detachment from the reality of poor rural South Africans in this country who don't fully enjoy these rights that you want us to celebrate. But go and ensure that they've got access to clean, drinkable water, they've got roads and bridges that are safe for them, and ensure that finally you support our call to end poverty. You are right, Honorable Masega Machega. To deny people of their human rights is, is to challenge the very same humanity. And I guess the ANC is doing that now. That says a lot about that. Now I recognize the Minister of Sports and Arts and Culture, Honorable Mkhetwa, the Minister. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, maybe firstly, before my intervention today, uh, let's uh, call on all South Africans uh, to recall their Ubuntu, their attack on Dr. Mashangu uh, yesterday. Uh, it was stupid and self-hate. Uh, I spoke to her earlier on and she's strong, um, and all of us as members of parliament must have her uh, in our thoughts and our prayers. Um, speaker, I mean, uh, Honorable uh, House Chair, uh, my colleagues, ministers, and uh, deputy ministers here present and on other platforms, honorable members, um, uh, members of the media, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, I extend my warmest greeting to all of you. 
present in this gathering. Our starting point uh, and the central tenet of our continuing struggle in, is and has to be at the end of uh, conditions that describe millions of our people, both at home, across the continent and the diaspora, as the wretched of the earth, daily burdened and crushed by the most intolerable and dehumanizing poverty. This is the heritage we want to leave behind for the generations to come and deal with it decisively. The violation of human rights in our country and the continent started with the advent of colonialism and later uh, colonialism of a special type. Every aspect of our existence was ruined, defiled in every manner possible. In that process, we lost all senses of dignity and humanity. There is no better way to explain that humiliation we suffered as a people than what the founding secretary general of the ANC, Mr. Sol Platt, he said when he said the following in 19, about 1913 Land Act, awaking on Friday morning, June 20, 1913, the South African native found himself not actually a slave, but a pariah in the land of his birth. Building on what Sol Platke articulated on the land question, Dr. A.P. Kumar took it a step further when he was giving the presidential address to the, to the National Conference of the African National Congress that took place on the, in December 1941. He makes the following assertion. The fundamental basis of all wealth and power is the ownership and acquisition of freehold title to land. From land, we derive our existence, we derive our wealth in minerals, food, and other essentials. On land, we build our homes. Without land, we cannot exist. To all men of whatever race or color land, therefore, is essential for their wealth, prosperity, and health. Without land, without land rights, any race will be doomed to poverty, destitution, ill health, and lack of all life's essentials. This once more demonstrates to all those who are honest scholars of history that the governing party, the ANC, has been seized with the matter of the land question right from its inception. Building on this, the Freedom Charter, uh, which was developed as a police statement of the ANC, affirms the question of the land and the, and the world to be shared uh, by all the people. And all of this were the background which made the ANC in its 2017 uh, conference took a resolution about this very important issue of land. We must pursue with greater determination the program of land, of land reform and rural development as part of the program of radical socio-economic transformation. Expropriation of land without compensation should be among the key mechanisms available to government to give effect to the land reform and redistribution. And who can stand against this? Nobody can stand against this uh, except perhaps the obstacles would be ideologies. And I think uh, we need to deal with that, that fact as we conclude that we contrast our position on the resolution of the land question against the ideological strands represented in this parliament. These 
are neoliberalism and modern ultra-leftism. The former, the former is one extreme of rampant capitalism in which formal democracy should be underpinned by market forces to which all should kneel in prayer. This is the core of the ideology of neoliberalism, which dared the democratic state to emasculate itself. On the other extreme, the ultra-left practices. A common feature of the ultra-left tendencies is subjectivism, a confusion of what is desirable with what is actually and immediately possible. This results in all manner of vol voluntaristic adventures including the advocacy of impossible and dangerous great leaps forward, which reflects a systematic inability to understand the dynamic complexity of objective factors. I, he I heard honorable members speaking there from um, Freedom Front Plus and his Moodler. I think Mulder was listening to a different speech by the president yesterday. The president was dealing with the issue of that pernicious ideology called racism. Yeah. and the need to eradicate that. There's nothing ANC party political about that. Actually, you should also commit yourself in fighting racism. The president yesterday spoke about issues of GPVF and all of us must be part of that fight and ensure that we deal with it. He spoke about poverty inequality. Uh, he spoke about the end of xenophobia. Actually, my advice to Freedom Front Plus is that instead of spending time fighting affirmative action, which, by the way, made you who you are through your wrestling the axe, uh, dealing with the problem of the urban white uh, Afrikaner uh, way back then. So that's what you should do. And I also want to talk to uh, President Nyoso uh, of... of PAC, we agree with you, the issue of the land question. That's why this parliament must pass that law. That's why it, it has to pass that law. You are progressive, Nyombos. Because if you talk about the cross violation of human rights, it's exactly what Sol Blatty would have said, Kuma would have said, and later you came and affirmed that. Actually, Ninangabaninawabeitu. <laughs> Now, uh, Honorable Imam, I think I must just take you through. Firstly, when you see the sign of government in this country, you see Koyan San people. First and foremost, if you say there is nothing is happening, that's where we start. Secondly, with 15 nodal points across the country of the Koyan San heritage route, which we, we as this government passed, Perhaps you didn't know about that. It is happening and it is here. Three, today you go to a place called Kebeha, today. And when you land there, you land at Chief David Stirman. Do you know who Chief David Stirman was? And uh, we are also working in digitizing the new language, the only remaining Oma Katrina Esau in this country. And we're working with her. The traditional and Khoisan Leadership Act of 2019 for the recognition of the Khoisan communities and their leadership positions. Don't say there is nothing. To, sorry, what did I say? 
Must stop, honourable members. I think, I think, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Just listen. I think, I think your problem, you see your problem is that... Honourable Dr. Striper, you can't engage. You can haggle, but not in that manner. Please resist from that. Thank you. You may proceed, honourable minister. No. You see, the problem is that when you are used in bossing people around, you think that anywhere where you come, you see a native to be bossed. And there are those who won't be bossed. And don't, don't take that. Don't take that. So what I was saying, uh, uh, Honorable Imam, is that so much work is being done about the foremost indigenous people in this country, and that continues. That continues after and under the African National Congress. So next time, next time, don't come and mislead the public and say nothing is happening because a lot is happening and will continue to do what we are doing. And uh, all these other members of parliament, if you are worth any salt of your leadership, you would understand that when we talk human rights, we actually have to start on the question of the land. And this parliament must pass that land. Otherwise, what we are talking, we are just talking uh, for its sake. The fact of the matter is that the people of this country were forcibly removed. Right now, uh, the, the Honorable uh, uh, Al-Jama was talking about the, the forced removals. It means nothing to you because you do not understand the, this, this very pernicious nature of racism. That's why it's easy for you to say, no, it's a thing of the past. It's not the thing of the past, including the inequality Honorable Matisha was talking about. That inequality, as you have South Africa as the leading country uh, in inequality, that is as a result of the historical injustice in this country. I thought that you, you got some basics on, on historical and dialectical materialism because there is nothing which has happened outside of anything. Everything is, con is connected. What you see today has its roots in the past. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable members, that concludes the debate. Honorable members, order, order. Honorable members, we now come to motions without notice. Any member from the ANC wishes to give a motion without notice, ANC? Honorable Chief Whip of the Majority Party. Thank you very much, uh, House Chair. House Chair, so who can't Kwetu sisi sizwe, ngenlela ate watraselwa, ngayo ngulunya umama ukra. Umashangu, umama uesta. Inkonde gazi, yezwe na kuwitu. Simanoku vagalisa apasi ANC. Indo yoba, ezi nswela boya zinga kishikanga, zinesi nilo, esi shle, esne mishisela. Ufuneka zikangelwe zipokwe zifumaneke. 
Ukutelela abantu bako wetu inga kumbi umama osenzele utumongu buti nisa Abone langa nje ukumonza galisa. Ama tutu, aba, bonke uche bibake. Bate batata numkono wakewe kati. Ewe, ibu shungule into eteyesa. Kwa yesi ya inyevulela, sikela into yuba. Abo bane chanduva. Lokubamba, mabaze banga, shinenye into, babambe la masela. Afa kwe trongwini, ngalen chungu nesi heleku, abasenzileyo. Umama, yo wazenzila ikama. Indio yoba abonagalisa kutisa baki pagui Rolls Royce. Wapindi wabonagalisa paya kupi MW. Engu mama uomzanzo Afrika wogukala ugunikwa ukanduva olunga gayam. Sigmonele lake umama utuka uesta matangu ukuma akauleze apile kwezo chungu zenzi wese sisikemenga siyabule. I put the motion before the house. If there are no objections, the motion agreed to. I recognize the member of the DA that wishes to put a motion without notice, DA. Thank you, Madam House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the, the Democratic Alliance that this house notes the African horse sickness poses significant risks to the equine sector in the Republic. Further notes that the honest support biological products, the sole producer and supplier of African horse sickness vaccines in the Republic, has been experiencing a number of challenges which has resulted in a shortage of the production and supply of African horse sickness vaccines in the Republic. Acknowledges that there is an urgent need that South Africa's equine sector have access to a reliable and adequate supply of the African horse sickness vaccines. Calls on the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development to explore the option of importing African horse sickness vaccines to supplement the shortage of supplies in the Republic encourages the owners to put biological products to take immediate steps to overcome the challenges it experiences, which prevents it from producing and supplying adequate supplies of the African horse sickness vaccine to the Republic's equine sector. Honorable Veronica. I put the motion before the house. Is the motion agreed to? Seems like the member have um, also concluded his motion. No objection. The, the motion agreed to. Any member of the EFF wishes to put a motion without notice? EFF from the visual platform. Thank you very much, House Chair. Yeah. House Chair, arise on behalf of the Economic Freedom Fighters for the House to note that one of our own, a member of the EFF Central Command Team and the National Assembly Commissar Dr. Tamkini Chwaku was awarded the Doctor of Philosophy in Science, Engineering and Technology by the University of South Africa. Through his thesis, Dr. Chwaku gained more insight into how the feed gas from coal or natural gas is converted 
into fuel through a technology called fissure traps. And he was able to show that pre-treating the catalyst differently before the reaction could produce more product. Recognize that Dr. Joaku completed his doctoral studies while serving as a member of parliament and as EFF head of elections. His commitment to education should inspire all of us, Chair, and should serve as an example that the discipline is a necessity for a successful revolution. Recognize that it is through education ourselves, educating our people and educating the population in general that will be able to eliminate little by little the oppression and lead our people to economic freedom in our lifetime. We congratulate Dr. Chwaku on his monumental achievement. We are proud, we are inspired, and grateful for his contribution to new knowledge and for making education fashionable. I so move, Chair. Um, thank you. I put the motion before the House. Any objections? The motion, motion agreed to. ANC, any member of the ANC wishes to put a motion without notice? The African National Congress moves with notice, without notice that the House notes of sadness the passing of 51-year-old University of Limpopo lecturer, Professor Seba Tayob Mohammed on Sunday, the 13th of March, 2022. The, um, further note that Professor Mohammed was also a chartered accountant, jogging when a white VW Polo drove past him, made a U-turn, with the assailants in the vehicle tragically shooting at him several times. Remembers that he had joined the University of Limpopo in October 2009 as a senior lecturer of accounting and auditing, earning promotion to associate professor in July 2017. Further remembers that he was appointed as the director of the School of Accountancy at the university, effective from the 1st of March 2020, calls on community members with information regarding the murder to assist police in the investigation that can lead to the quick arrest of these assailants and conveys its heartfelt condolences to the family of Professor Tayyip Mohammed, friends and the University of Limpopo at large. Thank you, House Chair. I put the motion before the House. Any objections? Motion agreed to. IFP. Thank you, uh, Chairperson. On behalf of the Encarta Freedom Party, I move that the House notes that on Wednesday, 16th March, 2022, President Cyril Ramaphosa recognized Prince Mr. Zulu, Zulu as the King of the Amazon. Two, acknowledges that the President recognized King-elect Prince Mr. Zulu, Signobile Zulu, as the King of Amazulu Kingship in terms of Section 8, brackets 3, brackets A and B, of the Traditional and Khoisan Leadership Act of 2019, recalls that this follows the passing of His Majesty King Goodwill Zolajini Zulu in March 2021, and the subsequent passing away of the Regent Queen Mandombi Lamini in April 2021. Further acknowledges that in terms of the requirements of the Act, the royal family identified Prince Mr. Zulu Singobila Zulu as a person who qualifies in terms of customary law and customs to assume the position of king and applied to the president for his recognition as required by the act. The recognition of the king-elect by the president follows consultations with the Minister of Corporate Governance and Traditional Affairs and the Premier of Kozulu Natal 
and finally conveys its warmest wishes to His Majesty King Mr. Zulu Zulu on the occasion of his legal recognition. When I went Put the motion before the House. Any objections? The motion agreed to. Any member of FF Plus wishes to put a, a, a notice without a, a motion without notice? Thank you, Mr. Chair. I rise on behalf of Freedom from Plus that the House notes that the Tigerberg Children's Choir celebrates its 50th anniversary this year. Further notes that this prestige choir consisting of plus minus 70 members was founded in 1972. Acknowledges that this choir is one of the oldest in South Africa and is preserved in a way that is passed onto each other by the children year after year. Notes that children who are members of this choir come from different towns and schools. Further notes that children in this choir learn from each other about the tradition of a choir and also to care for each other. Acknowledges that language and culture play an essential role in the education of our country's children and resolves that our congratulations are sent to the Teichebach Children's Choir regarding this exceptional achievement. I so move, Chairperson. I put the motion before the House. Any objections? Motion agreed to. Any member of the ANC wishes to put a motion without notice? Thank you, Chairperson. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. Honorable just hold on for the member in the house. You'll, you'll follow when we recognize ANC. Over to you, Honorable Adams. Thank you, Chairperson. The African National Congress, Congress moved without notice that the House welcomes the appointment of Mr. Poletsi Mosike as Chief uh, Executive Officer of Cricket South Africa officially from the 1st April 2022 for a period of five years. Knows that Mr. Maseke has been filling the role of acting chief executive since December 2020 before Cricket South Africa finally decided to make his appointment permanent. Acknowledges that the appointment is subjected to the final rectification of the terms and conditions of a five-year employment contract by the board. Acknowledges that the appointment, that the appointment is subjected to the final rectification of the conditions of a five-year employment contract by the board. Understands that Mr. Moseke has displayed extraordinary dedication and commitment since he joined the Cricket South Africa family in 2019. Further, further remembers that he has been the key link in the leadership chain at Cricket South Africa, especially during a challenging, challenging uh, period. And congratulations, Mr. Maseke, and wishes him well in his challenging um, position. I thank you, Chair. I put the motion before the House. Any objections? Motion agreed to. Any member of the ACTP wishes to put a motion without notice? Thank you, House Chair. I will move without notice at the next sitting of the House on behalf of the ACDP that the House notes that Siander Bachetla Platinum Mine has negotiated a historic wage agreement with both AMCU and the NUM unions for the period 1 March 2022 to 28 February 2027. Notes further that this agreement was signed two and a half months before the previous three-year agreement was due to lapse and 
commends the mining company and the labor unions for signing such an agreement, which will last for five years and is a first in the mining industry in South Africa. I so move. I put the motion before the House. Any objections? Motion agreed to. Any member of UDM? UDM? We shall pass. ATM? Any member of the DA? Thank you very much. The DA moves. Sorry. I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that this House notes that Ms. Borsia Lisesi had to endure a two-month-long painful fight for her life in hospital after her boyfriend poured paraffin all over her body and set her alight on 25 January 22 this year. Further notes that Ms. Lisesi sadly succumbed of her injuries. Because that Ms. Lisesi leaves behind a three-year-old son who now has to grow up without his mother, condemns all acts of gender-based violence with the anger and contempt it deserves, calls on the South African Police Service to intensify its efforts to combat gender-based violence, encourages the government to fast-track the establishment of mechanisms to combat gender-based violence, conveys its heartfelt condolences to the family and friends of Ms. Lisesi. I shall move. I put the motion before the House. Any objections? The motion agreed to. Member of the EFF. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Suiza speaking. I rise on behalf of the EFF for the House to note the inspiring work by Kidiboni and Kekelezo Selwani sisters from Zandela Township in Sosalbeck, who have embarked on a project to deal with pollution by turning plastic waste into bricks. Note that the Silwani sisters have tackled the man-dominant industry with groundbreaking innovation that turns what would otherwise be damaging to our environment into durable bricks. Furthermore, note that plastic bricks are now available for sale at Builders Warehouse. Encourage all building material retail stores such as Build It, Cash Build, Chamberlain's, and others to give them shelf space to trade their product. Acknowledge the Selwani sisters and their company, Ramzilo Manufacturing and Construction Company, a 100% Black-owned female company, as contributors to the green economy who only need an opportunity and support. Congratulate Kiriboni and Keleto Selwani on their inspirational innovations. I so move. Thank you, Chair. I put the motion before the House. Any objections? Motion agreed to. A any member of the ANC that wishes to put a, a motion without notice, ANC? Thank you, Chairperson. The African National Congress moves without notice that the House congratulates the young South African filmmaker Obisa Yako for being announced as one of the six winners of the African Folk Tales uh, reimagined short film competition by Netflix UNESCO on Tuesday, 15 March 2022. Notes that all six winners of this competi uh, competition will receive financial support for the development phase of the projects. 
before starting production on the short film films that will eventually premiere on Netflix later this year. Recalls that the competition was launched by Netflix and UNESCO in October 2021 with the goal of promoting diverse local stories and bringing them to the world. Understands that the six winners were carefully selected from more than 2,000 applications from all over Sahara, uh, Sahara African who attended the competition and congratulate uh, Kobisa Yaku for raising the country's flag high in the film industry. I thank you, Jeff. I put the motion before the House. Any objections? Motion agreed to. Member of good, good. Oh, no, thank you, Chairperson. Um, um, NFP. Thank you, Chairperson. On behalf of the National Freedom Party, I move without notice that this House notes the plight of the residents of Igudu in Ward 7, Nangoma, who are struggling without water for years. Note that despite the cries from the community to the Zululand District Municipality, the community remains without water. Also notes that the Department of Kokta and Zululand District Municipality officials visited the area in 2019 with promises to provide adequate water to the community. Also notes that despite these promises, the community which relied on a well for water in the area, which has dried up, attempted to secure water from a nearby river, which has also run dry. Further note that the community have to walk approximately seven kilometers to obtain water. Also notes that this is a gross violation of the human rights to basic services. Further note that the community of Oslo Beach in KZN and South Coast are facing a similar fate in that for three weeks in a month, there is no supply of water, no water tankers are provided, and there is no response from the authorities. Also note that the communities of Ward 8 and 9 in Pongolo, in Pongola have also been without water for weeks. Wherefore, we call upon this Honorable House to ensure the intervention of COCTA and the Department of Water and Sanitation to immediately address the plight of the communities in Ugudu, in Nangoma, Pongola, and Oslo Beach in KwaZulu-Natal, South Coast. I so move. I put the motion before the House. Any objections? Yes, objection, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you. Objection is noted. The motion will be converted to notice of motion. Any member of the ANC that wishes to make a motion without notice, ANC? Uh, thank you, House Chair. Allow me to proceed without putting my video on for a better reception, if you may allow. Please do Chair, so. May I proceed? Please proceed. Thank you, House Chair. The African National Congress moves without notice that the House note with sadness, the passing of Pinkishongwe and Umlazi, LGBTQIA plus activist at the age of 32 on Sunday, the 12th March 2022. Secondly, understand that Pinky was stabbed to death allegedly because she rejected a man who proclaims his love for her. Further understand that the KZN provincial government has deployed social workers to help a family to cope and a brutal, on a brutal death. The ANC calls for a speedy investigation and swift arrest of the perpetrator. 
and the ANC would like to convey its, deep, its deepest condolences to the family and friends of Pinky Shongwe. I so move, House Chair. Thank you. I, I put the motion before the House. Any objections? Motion agreed to. AIC? Thank you, Chair. As the African Independent Congress, we move without notice that this House notes the current litigation involving Vodacom CEO Shamir Yusuf and Gosana Magedu regrets that intellectual property, whether patented or not, can easily be appropriated without a just and fair compensation. Recalls that a just and fair compensation must both reflect the interest of the inventor and the profit accruing to the appropriator. Take stock of the lengthy period that this matter, matter has been unraveling, more especially its implication on the psychologically and financially sobriety of Mr. Mabit. Calls upon Vodacom to be guided by common logic, not least when the courts have pronounced themselves unequivocally on this matter implores the company management to pay regard to the tenor of transformative constitutionalism in its sterling grant techniques on this matter, I so move. I put the motion before the House. Any objections? Motion agreed to. Cope. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. The African National Congress moves without notice that the House noted that the Desmond and Leah <coughs> to do legacy foundation in, in partnership with the Apartheid Museum will open a new thought-provoking uh, permanent exhibition entitled Truth Truth to Power, Desmond Tutu, and the Churches in the Struggle Against Apartheid. Understand that it will be housed at the, at the, sorry, at the historic old cranery building, the home of the founder and the Tutu Intellectual Property Trust in Cape Town from the 25th, March 2020. Further, understand that the exhibition is final, is a first in being dedicated solely to one of the country's icon, showing what Archbishop Desmond Tutu stood for and uh, how he was able to inspire others. The exhibition from a part of the foundation. Thank you, member. Thank you. Um, I put the motion before the house. Any objections? Motion agreed to. DA? Thank you, House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that this house notes that Colonel Hela Nimant is one of the most decorated officers in the SAPS, having spearheaded operations in the field of the protection of women and children for an excess of 25 years. Notes that Colonel Nimant 
her first sex exploitation cases were back in 2009 and involved 14 victims in the Drakensberg Boys Choir School. The perpetrator was sentenced to 20 years direct imprisonment. Notes that the Divisional Commissioner of Detectives appointed her project manager of the Canadian initiative Project Spade in 2013. Further notes that she was made project manager of Cloud9, an operation where Belgian law enforcement and the FBI assisted the SA's Homeland Security and the NPA to bring the biggest child sex exploitation and trafficking ring to an end. Warren Knoop received 32 life sentences and a 170-year sentence, while William Beale got 15 years for the possession of child pornography. Notes that Colonel Nimant worked with the FBI task force in the U.S. International Violent Crimes Against Children program and was instrumental in busting the largest organized child pornography ring in this country. Acknowledges that we owe a debt of gratitude to her for her 31 years of service, passion to serve and protect vulnerable children in her fight against the sexual predators who feed on the lives of our young children. I so move. I put the motion before the House. Any objections? Motion agreed to. PAC? What does that mean? We pass. Oh. Aljama? Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Aljama. Moves without notice. Honorable Hendrix, just remove your khaki. Remove my? Switch up your video. Honorable, honorable members, Honorable Hendricks, may you please just switch off your video. That would be much better. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. Honorable House Chair, I rise on behalf of Al Jamal and move without notice that the House notes with. May we hear the Honorable Member, Honorable Members? Proceed, Honorable Hendricks. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. I rise on behalf of Al Jamal and we move without notice that the House notes with sadness the death of Mrs. Jamila Hamildin of Utenaik Road, Portland, in Mitchell's Plain, who passed away on Sunday, the 20th of March, 2022. Further note that Mrs. Hamildin was an extraordinary person who have tirelessly served the community in Portland, in Mitchell's Plain. Acknowledge the tribute paid to her by a senior religious leader, Sheikh Ibrahim Gabriels of the Muslim Judicial Council, who said to her children at the funeral, you had the best mother in the world. Further acknowledges that Mrs. Hamildin served a good course every day in her life as an owner of a garment factory where she created many jobs. Remembers her as an excellent and successful businesswoman who plowed some of her profits to help other women who could not perform the Holy Heights pilgrimage, uh, which she herself had longed to fulfill this uh, pillar of their faith. Conveys condolences to Mrs. Hamildin's children, Jihad, Ridawan, Fairuz, Isam, and Salim Ali. I shall move. I put the motion before the House. Any objections? <laughs> Honor, honorable members, you are 
reminded that, mind your background, that's why we encourage all of us to have a background of parliament so that there's not, nothing funny that shows on the, on, the, on the screen. This is televised, it's live, and also you must just have a self of dignity and respecting yourself. The motion is agreed to. We shall move to the ANC. Any member of the ANC that wishes to make a motion of a motion without... Thank you, Chairperson. Please allow me to speak without showing my, my camera. Please do so. Yeah. Having said so, the African National Congress moves without notice that the House knows that the United Nations World Water Day is held on the 22nd of March each year. Further notes that the time for the year is, the, the theme for the year is groundwater, making the invisible visible. Understand that the water is a scarce resource and groundwater is a vital resource that provides almost half of a drinking water worldwide. About 40% of water for irrigated agriculture and about one third of water required for industry. Further understand that events are organized on or around this day to increase people's awareness of water's importance, environment, agriculture, health, and trade. Calls on all to be aware to, to be aware around the need to protect and conserve the water, the country's water resource, and urges everyone to use the water sparingly to ensure that water is for, for all. We so move. I put the motion before the House. Any objections? Motion agreed to. That concludes honorable members' motions without notice. The last item on the order paper is notice of motion. Does any member of the ANC wishes to put a notice of motion? ANC? Thank you, Honorable Chair. Oh, you may proceed, Honorable Member, but you must be fast in future. Sorry. And uh, I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next meeting, the House debates the, the profile of the work and active activities around it. Linguistic matters of CRL Rights Commission to ensure balance in work and activities uh, around cultural and religious matters. I so move, Chair. Thank you. Any member of the DA wishes to put a motion, notice of motion? DA? Chairperson, I may select Namens the Democratische Alliantie voor dat die huis met die volgende sitting debat voer oor die voortslepende strooprui van bedrijfde plant en dierspecies in die Kamiesberg municipale area en hoe die Suid-Afrikaanse politiedienst bemachtig kan word om die strooprui daadwerkelijk aan te spreek. Ek stel so voor. EFF, notice of motion, EFF. Thank you, Honorable Chair. I rise on behalf of the Economic Freedom Fighters for the House for the House in its next sitting to discuss the following. Killing of youth who are being killed at the Shebins and found after days due to high numbers of Shebins that are operating illegally in the locations and are next to the schools and also disturbing and derailing the progress of our children. The economic freedom fighters would like to request an announced search for illegal operation, especially 
those that are next to schools because we want progressive and healthy society. I so move. Thank you, Honorable any, Chair. Any member of the ANC wishes to make a notice of motion, ANC? Thanks, Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next sitting, the House debate, tourism as a vehicle to expedite transformation and inclusive tourism growth that nurtures participation of all South Africans in the mainstream economy. I so move, House Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member IFP. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. On behalf of the Inkata Freedom Party, I hereby give the notice that I shall move at the next sitting of this house that this house debates the aging and poor water infrastructure in South Africa, which affect the quality and quantity of water availability. Thank you. First class. Uh, okay, I just want to confirm my uh, audibility. Um, and in that case, I give you my of the motion that the following sitting of the House, and the five plus of the that the House, the circumstances of and motivation for the purchase of the percent in the Bezigheid KPSA, with specific advice that the Bezigheid and the underliggende intellectuals in our direct with development capital of the Technology Innovation Agency to stand and my name that the 49% belong that in April 2015 60 million rand on KAPA US verkoopers in November 2015 445 million Amerikaanse dollar on Roche, Switzerland verkoopers that this gedebatteer will extel so far. Thank you. Any member of the ANC that wishes to make a, a notice of motion, ANC? Thank you, House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next sitting, the House debates the lack of gender transformation and advancement of women in the mining industry as one of the means of, for economic emancipation. Thank you, Chair. And thank you, Honorable Member. Any member of ACTP that wishes to make a, a notice of motion? ACTP? Thank you, House Chair. I will move off of the ACDP at the next sitting of the House, that the House debates the performance of the National Prosecuting Authority and the financial resource and other challenges it faces in the light of the research released recently by the Africa Criminal Justice Reform Unit at the University of the Western Cape, which indicates that the number of corruption convictions against government officials has declined significantly in recent years. I thank you. Thank you, Honourable Member. Any member of ATM wishes to make a, a notice of motion? ATM? ATM? Any member of the DA that wishes to make a notice of motion? DA? We shall pass. Any member of the EFF wishes to make a, a notice of motion? EFF? Any member of the ANC that wishes to make a, a notice of motion, ANC? Mackenzie, uh, House Chair. You can email the African National Congress. Nisus Metalisha Kuindoli. Egan Samulo Lanzelaka. Here, here, Jacob Jacksana. 
Thank you, House Chairperson, on behalf of the National Freedom Party, I move that its next sitting, this House deliberates on the effects of alcohol abuse in the country, resulting in high levels of alcohol-related murders, rape, and accidents. I so move. Thank you. ANC? Thank you, House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next setting, the House debates performing oversight on South African missions approach, thus allowing for monitoring the causes of irregular expenditure and non-compliance with supply chain management issues. Thank you, House Chair. Thank you, AIC. Cope shall pass. ANC. Thank you, Chairperson. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in next sitting the House debate, the importance of mental health and exploring the impact of toxic masculinity on the mental health of men and to encourage men to open up and seek necessary help. So I move, Chair. Thank you, Honourable Member. Any member of the DA? Thank you, Chair. Um, I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that it's next sitting, this House debates the need to classify acts of theft, vandalism, and negligence of our country's electrical infrastructure as priority crimes. In light of the alarmingly high rates of vandalism of electrical infrastructure in Rustenburg and the Kitlik Roma local municipalities, I so move. Thank you. PAC? PAC? We shall move for Aljama. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. Order, Honorable oh. Members in the House. Uh, Notice of, Honor of Motion. A subject for discussion that this House debates whether a Premier can ban diplomats, in this case Russia, from official events in the province that he or she heads, even if the president of the country has accepted the credentials of the diplomats and the establishment of an embassy uh, in South Africa. Thank, Thank you, you, Honorable Member. Any member of the ANC wishes uh, to make a, a notice of motion, ANC? Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. On behalf of the African National Congress, I hear by move that in its next sitting, this honorable house debate using the fast developing digital market space to boost access to goods and services across the continent. I so move. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Before you thank me, I've just insisted that if your picture doesn't uh, fulfill the protocols of the house, you don't show your video. And I urge you next time you don't repeat that. Thank you very much. Honorable members, that concludes the business of the day. The house is adjourned. Recording stopped.